This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. We just watched Lucifer as... Shut up, Sam. So on to season five. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where we talk about supernatural, we talk about hunks, we talk about TV shows, books, anime, every single thing that Sam and Dean Winchester have ever been in is what we do on this podcast. And we are back again to continue in our coverage of season five. Chris, how are you today? I'm feeling, how's, how's life? How's I, things? Everything's good. Things are good. Season five is good. Uh, I'm feeling real season good. Season five is good. Good feels like a pretty your, uh, good word. You got your iPhone X, your iPhone 10 pre-ordered? Man, to date this podcast, that sounds like some baloney to me. You don't want to pay you don't want to pay that 11.99 for, no. for a telephone. I feel like I had an you're iPhone not, you're not into that 1200. I think I had an iPhone 4 iPhone. up until like super recently. <laughs> I mean, that's there's only 10 and they skipped 9. Did you hear why they skipped 9 by the way? Why is it a bad number? No, no, because if they had if they did nine, the next year they'd have to do a non S, and Nier has already had the best non S around, oh, right? Oh, true. Oh, true. They consulted. Where my Nier fans at? Where my Nier fans at? Yeah, Yoko Toro said no. Apple so, will not be allowing this for some you reason. Talking about supernatural now? Uh, yeah, for some <laughs> reason, if you if you tolerate this level of tomfoolery and you want to uh, help support more of it, uh, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, we've gotten a lot of support from you guys so far. We we really appreciate everything. Um, I think we're coming up on our next goal, which is to cover some of the comic books. Am I right? You're right. We're going to cover the first series, which is, uh, takes place after Mary dies, but before the show begins. And, um, if you go to the Patreon, there's a public post, um, it's like one or two down. You can see a brief screenshot of an angry looking Dean toddler that it just, I just can't wait to see how angry Dean toddler (laughs) Dean is going to be. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm probably building it up too much. Like when I built up the racist truck episode in season one, probably building this up too much, but in my head, I'm having a good time. Part of the rewards for being on our Patreon is to, uh, us for us to say thank you on to our patrons on the show. So I would like to publicly say, Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Ian. You may remember Joanna from our season two feedback coverage. I believe that's episode nineteen. She guested, and uh, you may be hearing from Ian soon. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But thank you both of you Thanks, for, for your support. But enough of that. Let's talk about the road so far, yeah. Chris. I want to hear your improv on this. Let me let me hear it. Okay, so I've been practicing my improv, and here we go. I'm just going to spitball it off the top of the dome. Uh, after a few really strong and really climactic mythology episodes, the boys who are notably back in town. Uh, back in town decided to take it easy and and get back into the swing of things with an easy hunt that ended with sam winchester chopping off paris hilton's head with an axe um then our dreamboats found themselves docked in a town where everything a little boy believes to be true comes true uh also he's the antichrist and the most powerful being in supernatural history and he and we will never ever see him again uh and finally after antichrist peace out uh (laughs) good seeing you good riddance after five Mm -hmm. long seasons one of the brothers finally says, hell yeah, to the other, and it was awesome. It, it was pretty cool. I'll, I'll give you credit for that one. Shout out to friend of the show, uh, me, for that one. <laughs> and all those uh, late Wednesday nights at the improv stage, just <laughs> really refining your craft. <laughs> I have to wait till 2 o'clock in the morning, but they give me 30 minutes and a free beer, so it's all worth it in the long run. 
<clears throat> First episode we're going to cover today is uh, Season 5, Episode 7, The Curious Case of Dean Winchester, written by Sarah Gamble and Jenny Klein, directed by Robert Singer, and aired on October 29th, 2009. Bobby plays a high-stakes poker game with the witch. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I hadn't actually read this before. That sounds hilarious. <clears throat> Bobby plays a high-stakes poker game with the witch and bets 25 years of his life for a chance to be free of his wheelchair, but he loses. As he begins to rapidly age, Dean attempts to save him, but he also ages into an old man. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, Chris. I like this episode a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say that I forgot about this episode because I, I knew fully well that it was coming up, but, like, man, it's... Mm-hmm. I love when I get surprised by an episode. I know that I love the the next one we're going to cover. And of course, and I like everything mm-hmm. in season five, but damn, I was, I was laughing. I was getting choked up. This episode was taking me all over the damn place. I've said it before. It's, it's remarkable how many of my favorite episodes are in season five. And I'm sure as we, I'm sure that's partly because, uh, well, number one, season five is kind of the pinnacle of the show. As most people know, um, it was probably when the writing was the sharpest it's ever been. And like the overall mythology, it was really, really interesting. Um, but also just a familiar familiarity. Like I just I have watched season five a lot. I have a lot of connection to these episodes. So I'm sure as we get into season six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll come to love those episodes just as much. Uh, but wow, there's a lot of them, and this is definitely one of them. I had no idea this was so soon. I just in my head just kind of put this one as well as the next one actually, like in the future. Like that was kind of it was yeah, way ahead of same. me. So. Uh, I'm glad to have both of these episodes here, but specifically this one. Uh, we don't have a, a, uh, a then. We don't have any kind of preview, so we're just thrown in blind yeah. to uh, our our kind of, like, <clears throat> opening whatever. Uh, the cold open, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a real good a cold open. Thank you. We, we've Jesus had them, Christ. We've had them before. <laughs> Yes, we had. I mean, sometimes we've had four or five of them in a row. That's true. <laughs> so I don't know what's, what, my, what my deal is. Our cold open starts with a man uh, running into his house and ignoring his wife, and instead, uh, kind of running upstairs and watching himself age in real time. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way so we can talk about it. Every time somebody ages on this sh- on this episode, uh, it's kind of dumb looking. Like yeah. the special <laughs> effects work doesn't really hold up for me. Yeah, um, that's. Not to say this episode is bad, I just want to call it out and then move on, because it's going to happen like four or five times, and I, it never looks cool. No, but um, the episode is great. And you know what's funny? We we yep. just got, we, we talked about the slump in the middle of season four when you're really high on the uh, mm-hmm. mythology stuff, and then they take you out of it real quick. Um, but this, you would think, after four really strong episodes, then two uh, good episodes that have nothing to do with the, the, the meta plot, really. You know, there's some boy drama, but that's kind of it. Uh, these two managed to to deal with actual mythology stuff or not mythology stuff necessarily like important topics like this episode mm-hmm. goes through the, the the motions with bobby like we finally get to see what's been going on with him well the, there is the monster of the week there is this this witch um year hunt. i was gonna call it a witch hunt but like that that's not what this is um that's <laughs> <laughs> not what that is uh, <laughs> it's a different kind of there's, witch. there's that stuff going on which is really entertaining and really well done and then on the other side, there's just the Bobby drama that, like, I feel like we've, we've been missing since episode one, where he got put in a wheelchair. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I like that we get a lot of character development from Bobby. Like, as as flippant as this episode can be with the, the way that it's it's going to treat aging, it's, um, it's a really 
deep and relatively dark look inside of Bobby's psyche and what he's been ha- what's been happening with him since he was paralyzed and and let, let's be like completely real he stabbed himself in the leg with a with a demon killing knife that's not enough to paralyze someone remember that Zachariah purposely paralyzed him because Dean said no yeah. and because he wouldn't he would not say yes to Michael so angels from heaven literally gave you a middle finger in the form of a broken spine and now you're in a wheelchair because of your of your like adopted son basically like that's a kind of a heavy load right like that's a pretty he- and also just FYI also the apocalypse like right on top of that yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. your your whole world is kind of bad poor bobby poor bobby poor, poor bobby and in this episode we've said it on here just how the boys have been off doing the apocalypse thing where poor bobby mm-hmm. has been left at home and it's not like he's the type who wants them to sit around and feel bad for but like i hope that off screen in between episodes the boys are checking up on him um but you know what's weird here is so uh they the boys are on the case. They're they're investigating the corpse of this dude, this twenty five year old who died of old age, and they're examining the corpse, and it's mm-hmm. an old man. Um, but as they're leaving, they find out that, uh, or we find out that that Bobby is the one who who put them on the call, uh, or on the case rather. Um, after mm-hmm. a few short, you know, a little back and forth with Bobby, and this isn't for a few more minutes, but Bobby grabs his keys and leaves, and we know that he's going to to join the hunt with them. Uh, can Bobby drive? I mean, Bobby owns a salvage yard, so I'm going to assume, and, and not only that, Bobby's an extraordinarily resourceful and smart hunter. I'm going to assume that he can totally drive. Like he can rig. He he's got he's got some sort of either thing rigged up so that he can control the pedals with his hands, or he just could totally because you know they make handicapped cars with like the gas pedal oh, yeah, and brake yeah, right, on right. the steering column. Right. So, so, so yeah, like I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, I actually kind of like it's as much as they. I'm kind of torn with the way they treat uh, Bobby being handicapped in this episode because mm-hmm. it, he treats it himself as if it's a a huge negative, and it is. Uh, like you know, he's lost the use of his leg, so he's struggling with that, and that's something that somebody would go through. Um, but they also, at the same time, show him being pretty capable, as except for one scene when they're like walking up a ramp, and he's like a little help here, guys, and they have to push him up the ramp. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he can he can totally drive. Like I don't, I don't think that's a problem. You, you mentioned that uh, we've been wondering what if they've been kind of checking in on him or hoping that we, we the boys are checking in on Bobby after they investigate this body. They call Bobby to confirm this, and um, Dean says, "Like, oh, by the way, how, how, how you doing?" And he's yeah. like, "With what?" <laughs> and that implies to me, like, either that's the first time he's asked that question, or it's not the first time that Bobby has answered that way. Because right, right. Bobby's like, "What do you mean with my legs?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's really, he's really mean, not mean about it, but he's really uh, bitter about this yeah. whole situation. You can really tell that. I mean, he was kind of a bitter old man, but we've always seen Bobby with a bit of a soft spot. Uh, and the, and for most of this episode, we're not seeing it, and it's like he really is fed up, and that bitterness and that uh, sort of, I guess, anger, that biting anger, it, it comes across in, in the first conversation that Dean has with them, uh, and it goes through this whole episode, and it makes sense, you know? Um, it's the biggest fight of all time, and, and Bobby has taken a serious injury and has kind of been confined because of it, you know? It's not like he's had time to learn how to live with this body and, uh, you know, adjust from his old, his old body to his new one and, and grow strong in that, you know, he hasn't had the time for that. So he's just been, he's been stuck. He's, he has been stuck. Uh, but he tells the boys to, to continue looking for missing persons. 
And uh, luckily for them, or at least luckily for us, the first one that they go investigate, it happens to be a winner. So yeah. they investigate this old dude who has disappeared. Uh, the, his his wife says, oh, yeah, he, he always comes home. You know, he sometimes he has to work late on Tuesdays, but that's it. Sam spots a extremely noticeable tattoo on this, <laughs> on this dude's forearm. Um, and Dean investigates the rest of the house and finds out that this dude has been uh, peeling away to the Asian massage parlor every Tuesday night and, they, and getting a little action. So they, they track this dude down to the Asian Matronaut Parlor, and when they bust in, um, before they bust in, they kind of take bets on what they're going to find, and Dean says something gooey, like a gooey <laughs> dead body, <laughs> which I find very hilarious. And when they bust in, they find uh, this extremely young, attractive man with two I mean, I Asian beauties. I don't want to go too crazy here, but like, is this guy a hunk? This dude is this totally, this dude is totally a hunk. He's not, a hunk. he's not... He's not one of the hunks, but he is definitely a, a hunk. hunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, he's not capital H hunk. Right, capital he is H just, hunk. He's just hunking out. He's also like, you're, you're also a euro. Um, you're a hunk. <laughs> euro, a euro. euro. <laughs> uh, this guy's just a hunk, lowercase hunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This dude couldn't karate a bully in sixth grade. That's what no, I was going right. to say. This guy couldn't, loud, right? couldn't rip a vampire's head off with barbed wire. <laughs> No, no, could could not do that. But he is he is a very attractive looking guy. In fact, he he says at the end of this conversation, uh, like now that he has become young again, like one of those chicks was in here for free, yeah. which I think is very funny. Uh, but yeah, this is this is our old dude who uh, found a game of cards uh, that was run by an Irish dude named Patrick, and he did Patrick did some bumbo jumbo over the chips, and then he won twenty five years. So he actually de aged by twenty five years. And so the first thing that he does is abandon his wife of 50 or 60 years. He doesn't try to win any years for her and then just goes to the Asian massage parlor, Chris. <laughs> what This guy's a hunk, but what's preventing him from being a capital H hunk besides the karate and the vampire killing is that he's a total douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just a true fact. You know, you can have a little bit of douche in you, but you gotta, you gotta be a euro at the end of the day if you want to still be a hunk. <laughs> you gotta be a euro. Absolutely. Um... But yeah, they, they find out all the requisite details, and then they go try to find this poker game, uh, which Dean, there's an extended scene here with this with this bribing scene, and I, I don't know why, right? Does it feel like this episode is overlong to you? Does it feel yes. like it just has too much yes. stuff in it? And part of it is me thinking, even though they don't show this later on, but like Dean is kind of like, he's showing that he's with it. He's cool. He's like, I'm, I'm going to bribe you, and I'm going to do it in a subtle way. Even though it's not that subtle, uh, you know he's cool. He's with it. He's going to get the info for you know the the back alley poker game that's going on. Uh, that's secret. Not everybody's supposed to know about it. He's the cool guy. He can he can schmooze and he can get in there. Even though he loses as soon as he gets his chance to play. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be just showing us that like oh Dean is confident. Dean is sure of himself when it comes to this kind of thing. So that when he loses inevitably, uh, we're supposed to be surprised by it. Um, I don't think anyone would be surprised by it, but, uh, yeah, it's, the episode feels like one of those, um, movie scripts that was adapted to a supernatural episode. And I don't think that that is actually the case, but it feels like a very contained good episode of something else with Sam and Dean in it. And I don't even mean that as a negative, but I feel like that is why it seems longer in certain points. Like if you were reading a novel, this is a scene where you, you would get Dean really, uh, going at it, bribing. The, this bartender yeah mm-hmm. you know but or maybe it was just that they have a pretty simple straightforward plot uh and they don't they need to fill the time a little bit so they have you know slightly longer scene you get to see dean being a little bit funny uh describing uh 
his hundred dollar bill or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, my my friend my friend Ben, who you know, balding, kind of a smart ass, a hit with the ladies. Like this is what he describes <laughs> as a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the idea that uh, Dean, like the only thing he took away from his American history class is that Ben Franklin was a hit with the ladies is very hilarious <laughs> to me. I'm sure, I, I'm sure he means it in the strip club kind of way. Like I know, like knowing the writers and Dean Winchester, I'm sure that's the direction they meant the, to take the joke. But to me, it's like he found out like a weird fact from a history teacher in one of the <laughs> 10 schools that he took American history. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, part of the, part of the issue with the, the length of this episode uh, or the feeling that it's longer is that uh, they focus a lot on the interpersonal relationships between our two villains this week. And anytime that you get to the point where they're dealing with like emotional issues with people that aren't in our core character family, I'm kind of like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Like we're never going to see these people again. (laughs) Like they don't, we have never seen them before. Like, I don't care if this witch has a family. (laughs) Like I don't, it's interesting and it's, it's good. But at the same time, it just feels like it makes the episode drag on. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh, Dean bribes the dude. He try he finds the game, but lo and behold, Bobby is there first, yeah. and Bobby has lost his twenty five years. Uh, hey, Dean Bob, does. Dean's pro- like, wait, how did Bo- Bobby? How did you beat me here? And he says, well, apparently, brains trumps legs. <laughs> yeah, brains trumps legs. Uh, Dean does. Dean goes and finds this Patrick dude um, who is kind of like trying to steal this girl from an old man and basically just threatens him with a gun uh, to go sit down and talk to him. And it's like, I'm going to shoot you if you don't give my friend his years back. Uh, And then like, of course, you know, it wouldn't be a good supernatural story if like we didn't have to like fight the villain on his own terms. Uh, So we have to, Dean has this card game with him and uh, Dean does some of the most selfless shit I have ever seen in my goddamn life. Like immediately, the buy-in for this game is 25 years, and Dean says, no, 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 give me 50. So he got, he gives him 50 years, he does his mumbo-jumbo, and Dean says, nope, these 25 are for Bobby. Like, yeah. he's out. He's immediately he's just, like, not tr- not tricked his way into getting Bobby's ears back, but, like, that's kind of what he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this this has haunted me since the very first time I watched this episode, seen it dozens of times. Why not give Bobby 26 years? Why not give him his legs back, Dean? It's just one more year. <laughs> If you lose, you know, it's only that it's only that one extra year. Dean could be thirty one oh, instead Chris, of thirty. Chris, that is great. I, it haunts me that he wouldn't give him twenty six. He could give him twenty five in like three months, and he'd be back to normal. How many years of Bobby's life is he is Bobby dedicated to taking care of Dean and Sam? And Dean can't afford one measly fucking year to put him back on his legs. We're only on episode what seven. That's this is six, right? That's, that's whatever. Six, seven weeks. That's all you needed. And he's no, this is to, seven. Yeah. Just, it's only been a few weeks since the apocalypse started. <laughs> can I have? Can I break this ship? Is there a girl at the counter where I can get two six-month ships? Dean, please, sir. Dean. And I, I, Dean, Dean I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart when I say this. <laughs> Dean. Please. My oh, man. So selfless. So, so brave. That is t- so smart getting so to 50 so and immediately checking out those for, for Bobby. So good. So pure. Yeah. But yep. Dean, never, never crosses his mind. <laughs> never crosses his mind. My God. God, that would have been... I wish, I really, I wish the writers would have addressed that in this episode, because at the end of this, if Bobby had been like, you couldn't give me one fucking year, <laughs> like... Oh. My guy. Oh, shit. What an oversight. What an oversight. It, 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 it comes to me in my dreams, and I think about this moment. <laughs> 
So good. That's that's a really good point. <laughs> I, w- I was over here being like, wow, Dean is the best dude ever. I never even thought of like, hey, just give him like a sliver of a chip and he's back to walking around. You guys don't have to have that dude in a wheelchair anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff. However, that aside, it is a very, like, it, it's a great gesture from Dean who's, a, like, it's smart, you know, even though I've seen this episode uh, and I always get mad about that i you know i forgot that he's not just playing for bobby's ears and then he loses and then they're both old and then they fix it at the end of the episode uh it's he doubles down and immediately gets bobby his shit back i'm like hell yeah dude also maybe even even just another uh, just one more thought um mm-hmm. go for go for 26 years go for 30 years cash out that that 25 for bobby that i'm sorry excuse me once more cash out that 26 for bobby 26 and then yeah. you yourself are only gonna lose a, a handful of years and you're just in your mid-30s just so in your prime you're jeremy's age you're doing fine <laughs> wow <laughs> first off how dare you okay i said you were Second still in your prime <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows that's not true though everybody that's seen me <laughs> in public knows that that's not that's not true at all uh I, hopefully my prime is still coming because otherwise this is right. kind of a no, that's right <laughs> I'm hopefully I'm on the upswing right now. Um, <laughs> you just just bet thirty and give him twenty five. My you're God, done. Dean, I love it's you so easy much. Easy thing to do. You're such a brave guy, <sighs> and I love what you did for, for family. It's just like we can all learn from the, your example, but also just think a little bit more next time, please. There's an ongoing uh, joke in this episode where Dean is constantly eating bacon cheeseburgers, and once yeah. he turns into an old man, he decides he can't eat a bacon cheeseburger anymore. And once he's young again, he's like, I may not need to lay off of these. If he had just done that, if he had been like, I want to buy 30 years, here's his 25, and he lost his five, then he could just be like, you know what? I'm going to take up running and drop them bacon cheeseburgers. I'm going to earn them five right back by taking right. care of myself. I'm right done. Back. I'm good. Right back. <laughs> like, right back in it dude i'm gonna go run a fucking marathon and feel great about myself just get up you witch dude just get up there in the morning with sam you know he's running every morning you know just you know that dude is marathon material look at that you don't get veins like that unless you're running in in the rain you know what i'm saying i don't know what that meant (laughs) i don't know what it meant either but i agree with it (laughs) but you're with it okay good um okay so now but that doesn't happen our our, that (laughs) the, the smart play does not happen uh he loses the 25 Sam rolls back up to their their apartment for this episode, which looks exactly the same as the apartment for every other episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, walks in, and uh, there's an old dude in like a, a bath towel <laughs> or <laughs> a towel. Sam immediately whips out his gun to shoot the guy, which is you know, Sam. That's proper reaction right there. But yeah. no, this is old dude Dean. Uh, yeah. This dude is played by um, Chad Everett. I didn't. I forgot to go look at Chad Everett's IMDb. Do you do you recognize this guy? I, I, I don't. Have, just have a feeling that he's a dude. I'm I'm aware that he recently passed away. Uh, oh no way! If I'm not mistaken, I think he did recently pass away. It's hard to tell because he oh. seems so young in that that I really couldn't gauge how old he was supposed to be. Um, but I guess he's in his 80s, right? Or he's 80? Or he Dean is supposed to be 80. Yeah, so Dean is supposed to be is is called out as thirty. Sam says that he's thirty during the episode, so um, he's you know eighty. Uh, Chad died in two thousand twelve, three years after this, at the age of seventy five. Oh, okay. So he was seventy two when he filmed this. Um, holy shit, this dude was in Mulholland Drive. Wow, this guy was a vet. This guy was. <laughs> I just love that he has a credit for old Dean Winchester. Mm-hmm. That's like some Wolverine shit, by the way. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the comic book version. <laughs> old Logan. Yeah. Um. I love. This, yeah. This, this he was ent- in Mulholland Drive. That's fucking great. This entire scene is for it, once. It's just Sam making fun of Dean. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
He, he calls him and Bobby grumpy old men because immediately they have to go for the just complaining, whining old man stereotype, which is great. And, I, and when he does this, they both like turn to him and at the same time are like, shut, shut up, up, Sam. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Uh, Dean starts having this awful acid reflux from his burgers and, and like Bobby having to explain what happens to old dudes when they get old is, uh, I know you haven't experienced this, but like sometimes your body starts hurting and you're just like, wait a minute, why does my body hurt? And then you go look it up and you're like, oh, you're old as fuck. And now this happens all the time. No, so yeah. you have to deal with it. I get it. I don't take care of myself. It's so like, I get it a little bit. Um, you get a little bit. <laughs> okay, good. I'm sure I'll find out when I get a little bit older. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, all of this stuff is very good. Like the interplay, there's a moment where, uh, Bobby comes in, like he bashes the door open and he kind of rolls in on his wheelchair and, uh, it goes over to old Dean Winchester and old Dean Winchester does this eye rolling thing. Like, Oh God, not this motherfucker again <laughs> that I really, really love. And if it's not gift, I'm going to go, for, I'm going to go make the gift because man, it's just, it's my, one of my favorite reaction images of all time now. That's fantastic. Um, they decide that the chips are magic and that they have to go find the chips. So they stake out this dude, Patrick, who they find uh, stealing cars by playing Saints Row 4, like the insurance minigame in Saints Row 4. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, open world video game that is Saints, world, Saints Row 4. Are you, you I, know this? I am not personally familiar. I mean, I know what the game is, but what is, what's this little scheme mm-hmm. he's running? Um, in, in Saints Row games, uh, you would go throw yourself in front of a moving vehicle and uh your character would go ragdoll and you could like control it like kind of awkwardly control it and you got more insurance money the further you went and like the more shit that you hit (laughs) so like it's kind of like you would get hit by a car and you would turn into a katamari with like limited inertia and you'd have to try to hit as much stuff with your katamari character as you could to earn more dollars that's great so um yeah so this dude like walks in front of a bmw gets hit we see his like neck bone sticking out and the, d- the driver freaks out and runs over like hey can you help us and then patrick just gets up and steals the car because <laughs> he's an immortal witch with time magic yeah he's, he's justin timberlake in that movie that i never saw that i'm probably not ever going to see weirdly i know what you're talking about but yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> it's because secretly we all love justin timberlake it's true. he's always he's the man that we all want to be it's kind of true yeah <laughs> it's not kind of true let's listen, listen to you hedge motherfucker just commit well really i just want to be a winchester <laughs> But um, yeah, well, that's true. So they sneak into what this- if the Timberlakes are the real world uh, Winchesters? There's only there's it. only one Timberlake. How like, how do you know? Because well, I mean, have we have you ever heard of like a Terrence Timberlake? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Timberlake. Oh, it's just just it's just I, JT. I have, I have not. It's <laughs> just just Terrence Timberlake. So they break into this this uh, fellow's apartment. Uh, and they they break into his safe. Uh, and Dean is not able to crack the safe because he's too old. Uh, I guess he can't hear anymore. Um, and Sam is very mean about him uh, or about this to him. Uh, but they but they crack the safe. They get the chips, and then sure enough, Patrick um, and his fellow witch are there. And he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, take the chips. Those aren't magic. Uh, it's all just showmanship. The spell, I say. Uh, the chips. None of that means anything. It's me. I'm." the magic as as you said he has got he's got time magic powers uh so Mm. dean obviously wants to go right for it uh and 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 play again being like all right give me my years back uh but patrick won't let him he just says no like i you know i'll make you old but i'm not gonna kill you that's kind of not my jam 
uh, and we start to learn going on. Not that it matters because I think I think Patrick would have made made a good recurring character in some way or another. Uh, but we don't see him again. He's just a one-off guy uh, because we do get to see him in many shades. He's not the typical monster that we're used to. He's um, he has a heart. Well, he's charming. He, and he has yeah, a heart. He has a char- because and he's know, extremely charming. He, he's got that nice lilting Irish accent, which we, like, that's a good thing. We all are, yeah. we're all suckers for that. Um, oh yeah, totally. Can you give me the Irish impression that I know you can do? Uh, nope, I cannot. My whole family is Irish, but I can't. Uh, I can't even come close. To You're that. not going to do the thing. I, I can't do that. It's maybe later. <laughs> um, they uh, Sam obviously wants to play. Dean wants to play. Everybody wants to play this man. Uh, and they they don't. Uh, I forget. Please edit this part out because I always get embarrassed when I forget what I'm talking about. Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm definitely not going to edit this out. Um, I'm not quite sure where you were going. So, like, they he tells them like it's not the chips; it's the 900 year old witch, right? Because she's there with him, and she like tries to to strangle him or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 no! You don't. You shouldn't do that. Um, and he doesn't let Dean play because that's what Dean wants to do. He wants to he wants to win the the years back. Is that where you're at? Yes. Yes. So I think after this, they what they they just uh, they just bail, right? Yeah. So uh, he 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 denies Dean, but says Sam can play. Um, and then of course Dean says, "No, absolutely not." Uh, we we didn't mention that when they break into this house that it's or break into this apartment that it's on like the thirty fifth floor. So we get like old Dean Winchester wheezing up the stairs, which is pretty funny because yeah. the elevator's <laughs> out. I think that's I think that's very good. Yeah, they they jet, um, and then. Do, 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 do. Like they, oh, they the have this whole long conversation. That's what it is. That's, that's how could we forget that about is the, the clap? poignant yes. detail that I was missing that threw me off my game. Uh, I missed the one. He just claps his hands and gives Sam the, the clap, I guess, for no reason. Um, but yeah, then we then we go. Well, to- I mean, Sam broke into his house. Oh, true. Like, there was I mean, a reason. I mean, true. <laughs> like, it, I mean, he stopped his girl, his witch, nine hundred year old witch girlfriend, from killing him. It is like. You know, I'm still gonna like. I still have to pay for the shit that you broke. That was yeah. looking for my super secret safe. Uh, so now you have the clap, but it never comes up again. So I guess that's fine. Uh, but yeah, they they there's a scene of of the three hunters just in the street. This is where Bobby needs help getting up the ramp, and he finally kind of just he doesn't lose his shit, but it's like he he breaks down just a little bit, uh, and he he says he doesn't really care if he lives or dies, and he well he did not in so many words, but. He's willing to go play the game again. He's willing to throw years into the fray again because he doesn't care. He's he's an old man. He can't walk, and he's living in the days of the apocalypse. Like he feels totally yeah. useless. And he says, "I'm old and I'm broke and I ain't a hunter no more. I'm useless. And if I wasn't such a coward, I would have stuck a gun in my mouth the day I got home from the hospital." Obviously, the boys Yikes. are not cool with their father figure saying this, um, but it's it's tough to hear, you know. We we have seen Bobby as basically just the dude who's always got the info that Sam and Dean call. They re- they've relied on him way more than John Winchester. As far as a viewer watching the TV show, we've seen them rely on Bobby way more than John Winchester. Um, but now he's just, he feels useless. He feels like he he isn't equipped to deal with the circumstances. And also the circumstances are just too much to deal with. Like, it's the apocalypse. Who wants to be like injured during the apocalypse like he can't fight back his whole life has been dedicated to fighting bad things and now the baddest of things is here and he can't fight um and this is the first time that the show has stopped to consider where bobby really is at um mentally i guess um and it's serious it's some it's some heavy shit uh but thankfully 
Okay. Well, they go. Uh, Bobby and Dean go back to the apartment. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Sam gets this. all obsessive again. He has that that brief moment of like, I'm not gonna let this happen. Um, and I, I like. Well, there's he- like a there's like a five or ten minute conversation about why Sam can't win at cards. Yeah. Like at one point, uh, Dean says like, "I'm good. Bobby's better. Neither of us can win. So you can't do it. It's not about it's not about playing the cards. It's about playing the man." Yeah. And during this entire time, like Autumn's looking over at me, going, "But it's kind of about the cards too, yeah. right? Like you yeah. have to have a good hand." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, yes. and there's that whole thing. So they split up. Sam goes somewhere. We don't really know. Dean and Bobby show up back at the apartment, and the witch is there, the 900 year old witch, and she gives them a. a reversal spell and tells them like if you are able to gather the materials and perform the spell it'll reverse all of the effects of the aging spells that that he has done so it'll work for anybody that hasn't already died and um they, they're like wait a minute doesn't that kill you too and she kind of grabs this thing around her neck and it's like yeah I'm, I'm totally okay with that and of course bobby is suspicious dean is suspicious because like none of this none of this ever happens but like that's this is not how these things go yeah. but I mean, they're going to do the thing, right? And uh, meanwhile, Sam shows up over at um, Patrick's card game, and Patrick is letting this old dude basically win 13 years from him. You mentioned earlier that Patrick kind of had a a good heart, and this is what we see is he's letting this old Jewish dude, which they go out of their way to talk about why he's Jewish or or something. I don't – it's kind of a weird bit, but whatever. like we're giving you 13 years, and then your granddaughter will have her bat mitzvah at age 13. And then Patrick is like, Shalom, my friend. Yeah. Shalom. <laughs> like, it's just a little on the nose. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, Sam is, uh, Sam's here to play. It's, and uh, I guess there's, there's the whole, like, a grand tapestry these, uh, these fellows are weaving right now. Because it's, it's all, it's all a setup, really. It's this whole last half of the show, or uh, last quarter of the show, is, is dedicated to, John, or I'm sorry, Bobby and wow, okay. Uh Bobby and Dean are going to perform this ritual which involves digging somebody up and then casting this spell. Uh and Sam is going to play some poker and uh he needs to get something with the witch's DNA on it, which in this case he tries to get a toothpick from him. Um mm-hmm. but he's just playing the game safe. Uh he's playing it cool, he's playing the odds, he's not trying to do anything too reckless cuz he doesn't want to fuck up. He's trying to just buy time until the spell is cast. And while he's doing this, um, Dean and Bobby are out finding the jawbone of a murderer, which is an extremely like dark tower kind of shit that yeah. I love. Uh, but Bobby is actually is, is definitely not jumping into a grave to dig it up, right? Like that's not going to happen. No. So old man Dean is is responsible for this, and he cannot stop complaining the entire time. He complains about his sciatica after Bobby explains what his sciatica is. He complains about his back. He, he just complains the entire time until they finally get all of these materials. Um, materials, excuse me. At this point, they grab the the toothpick or whatever from Sam. Like there's a brief break in the game, and they just we talk about these boys being wizards a lot, and these boys <laughs> are just have no shame about being wizards in public, right? Like there is no like we we can't let the Moogles know the Moogles is it what did they call Muggles? Them? Muggles, here you go. Sorry, what's a Moogle? It's from is Final Moogle Fantasy. Man, in last episode, I was humming the Final Fantasy theme. I got I got to go play some Final Fantasy games, Chris. I guess that's what has to happen. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they, they were just casting this shit on the street, and like, there's blue fire in this van that they are doing, like, with an altar and shit, and like, nobody is around. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're just out in public doing this. <clears throat> it's just you know another day in the life of a hunter. Um, but turns out it didn't work. It wasn't the 
the right toothpick. They didn't actually get the uh, witch's DNA. He knows that Sam tried to trick him, and he is real pissed about it. Uh, and he pretty much yep. just he just tries to kill Sam. He starts like force choking him out. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. the his female companion who who stops him from doing it. Um, Leah. Leah. Yeah. Uh, she's she's not she's not down with with the whole murder thing. Um, and she says, like, no, I told them, like, I have reasons for, for wanting this. And he's like, well, I'm still going to play this game. You know, we're, we're going to do it fair. And um, Sam says for a witch, you're so nice. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird moment. This this whole thing is very, like, Boiler Room-esque without any of the real, like, tension for me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, excuse me, Dean and Bobby race back to Patrick's house to try to find some DNA. Um, they're not able to do that. There's all these like super up close shots of Patrick and Sam as they're like bluffing one another. There's this back and forth where Sam bluffs him and wins. And I mean, it's just, it goes, it seems like it's stretched out forever. And I like card games. Like I like card game movies, but this just seems ridiculous yeah. <laughs> at this point. It's fine. Like, and and we've had so much great stuff with old man Dean. Like we, we didn't even talk about the, when he tries to pick up the housekeeping chick and she's like, Oh, you're just like my grandpa. You're adorable. <laughs> he hits on everybody too. Like it's, we've had so much great Bobby and Dean moments that I, I don't really like this doesn't really put me off or anything, but it's just, it just goes on for a while. Yeah, it does. Um, and I know it's just trying to build tension between the commercial breaks and all that stuff. And it does seem again, like they're filling time, but as, as far as like an entertaining thing goes, it, it's fun to watch. Uh, it just does go on mm-hmm. too long when you're trying to like analyze it and take notes about it. Uh, but Dean is, or I'm sorry, Sam is able to, to bluff his way through. He, we kind of didn't expect him to, but um, he, he manages to, to, to trick Patrick. It's not really that he tricked him. It's just that like, he kind of got pretty lucky and got a better hand than him. Um, <laughs> well, he got he got pretty lucky. And this whole thing about playing the player is um, Sam acts as if he doesn't have a good hand, and he acts like he acts like he's so stressed out about his brother winning that he's going to go all in just so, or his brother dying that he's going to go all in so that he can just get away and go f- try to save his brother. But um, in reality, this is all a put on, and he he actually has the higher winning hand, and he stretches this out for another couple of minutes before. Like just again, Dean is dying. Well, Dean is dying <laughs> right now. He, and it's, he's been informed that that Dean is dying. So a few minutes ago, you may have heard me say something along the lines of uh, "Dean, please." Uh, this time it's Sam, please. Just Sam, hurry please. Up. <laughs> Why are you making this a big deal? Like you're stretching this out for like some performance, some suspense bullshit. Like just go, just save your fucking brother. And again, maybe and, like he props. thinks that he's still <laughs> right? just trying to buy time. Um, because Dean at this point is still trying to get. Uh, you know, the DNA from this witch by breaking back into his apartment. Um, they're still mm-hmm. trying to go with the spell and not just have Sam win. But yeah, um, so I guess that's part of it. But he, but he manages to win and he wins, wins Dean's years back. And the next time we see Dean, he, he's running out of this uh, hotel, uh, clicking his heels in the air. Mm hmm. Um, then there's this, this final scene with Leah and Patrick where he basically says, like, hey, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to take all your years. I don't want you to die. Like you chose to come on this journey with me and we're going to be together forever. And she's like, Oh no, I buried my daughter. And she, she opens her locket. And like on one side is the picture of this fresh faced child. And the other picture is this old ass woman. She's like, and she, I buried my child and she looked like this. I don't want to go through that again. I just want to die. And, and like, again, this goes on for way too long in my opinion. Like, I don't care about any of these people. I'm never going to see him again, whatever. Um, and then he's like, okay, fine. The weird thing to me is that this dude's a witch, right? He's for like, sure a witch, yeah. 
he's for sure a witch. We've seen him force choke Sam. We've seen him force choke Dean. We've seen him do like some crazy shit to steal years back and forth. Like that's a cool spell. Um, but apparently like he's so practiced at the spell that even to take all of the years back from his super special witch girlfriend, he has to still play poker with. Yeah. (laughs) So there's this really like sad moment where she's like, I just want to be, you know, reunited with my child. And she's like, as she drops a two of spades, and I'm like, what? (laughs) But whatever. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like we get robbed from the, uh, out of a crumble to dust scene. Like, don't you expect when people like catch up to their age that they're just yeah. like crumble to dust and bones and shit? For sure. When someone's like 900, which I don't know if she's actually 900. I just know that he is. But when someone's like old as heck, I feel like she should have turned to bones. Oh, you know, I, I said she's a 900 year old witch. I assumed that when he said that he was talking about her, but maybe, maybe, we don't maybe know. Not. Maybe he was who's, talking about him. Who's yeah, to I say? guess we don't. And also, Chris, who the fuck cares? I, the people that write the wiki. And guess what? Not our job. Yeah. We don't have to know about that. Yeah. We just talk about this shit on a podcast. Um, so with, with the witch drama behind them, there is one last final powerful scene of Sam going to go get a booster shot. Uh, that's not the po- powerful scene. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this? But he's like basically like, being like, oh shit, I don't want to be like unhealthy when I'm old. Like I, want, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm going to go get healthy. Because it's the type of dude that Sam is. Um, but while he goes to do that, we get to have a real serious, genuinely moving heart to heart, uh, with Dean and Bobby, um, after they're about to get going and, you know, Bobby's still a little bit downtrodden, a little bit bitter because Dean wouldn't give him that 26 years, you know, that extra one really setting him back. But, um, but Dean says, your family, me and me and Sam don't have much left. I can't do this without you. Uh, so don't you dare think about checking out. I don't want to hear that again. Uh, and it's a very, it's still that kind of masculine shield around everything. Um, but Dean is very upfront with him. Jensen Ackles, his eyes are watering uh, as he's talking to his father figure and saying, please don't say you're going to kill yourself. That's not okay. You know, we're here for you. We need you. Please don't say that kind of thing. I know you don't mean that. Please don't think that. Um, it's Dean reaching out a hand to Bobby. And that's what, we were joking about how no one's checking on him, but that is, that's the important thing right there is that Dean is reaching a hand out to Bobby. Um, Mm -hmm. and Bobby says, thanks. And then now are we done feeling our feelings? But Bobby's thanks is very genuine. in that one, that one word, that one sentence, the one moment it's very genuine. And then he has to make a joke because there's the shield of masculinity and they, they can't let their feelings out too, too quickly. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's a really nice touching moment at the end of the episode. Uh, and you realize again they're they're really gripping onto those those bonds of family um that the Dean has always claimed to be so important to him, yet he was willing to push Sam away and yet they were abandoning abandoning Bobby, but now it's either the writers or or just Dean himself kind of shaking off some of his frustration with everything around him and and by heeding the words that Sam said a few episodes ago about you know grabbing on to whatever's in front of you and going down swinging um He's kind of he's he's grabbing on to, to Sam and Bobby. Bobby's a, a, a curmudgeonly old man who complains about everything, and, and Sam went fucking dark side. Um, but that's <laughs> Dean's family, and he's gonna grab onto them no matter what because that's who Dean is. Uh, and it's it's a small, brief little vision of 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 that of his character, but it's it's always appreciated, and it's always uh, a very good way to to end an episode. And even the very last shot of this is is Bobby kind of 
looking up and then just sighing and that's it you know and whenever they end on a character just on a character's face you know that it's a heavy moment yeah that that dude had some feelings yeah like that that character had some feelings and he needed to deal with it like on screen <laughs> i like i like this conversation a lot especially uh dean accepting bobby for who he is he goes out of his way to say uh even if you're wounded you're still a soldier yeah which I think is yeah. extremely important. Uh, Dean likes to talk in those military terms a lot, uh, and with good reason. You know, being grown, being raised by a, a Marine dad on the run, and like instant survivalist bullshit, like we've talked about a lot. Like he, he would that kind of terminology mm-hmm. would be very comfortable for him, I think. And um, I think that would work on Bobby as well. I don't know. I don't know if we know much about Bobby's past yet. I don't know that we if we know that he was in the military or or, or what. I know we got like a flashback to why he's a hunter, but that's really about it. Yeah. Um, that, that works on Bobby. And basically saying, like, you have worth beyond, you know, even if you don't have your legs. Like, you are, you are a person even without the use of your legs. So right. that's, I think that's extremely valuable. That's a, that's a great thing for Dean to do. And, um, and the kind of bonding on the, you know, Dean saying, like, I, if, I was, if I was in your shoes and, and Bobby saying, like, well, you would complain all the time. Like, you, you complained nonstop <laughs> and I never do that. Like, you, <laughs> and, and Dean going, like, you know what? Fair point. Okay, I get it. I get it. Like, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. But uh, just that, that having that connection at the end of the episode is extremely powerful. And I, I'm curious why they wrote Sam out of that scene so quickly. Uh, because the booster shot thing feels real awkward to me. Yeah. They write uh, Sam out of a lot of scenes as, as a Sam fan. Yeah. It's something I have always noticed. And I know that all of his stuff happens when he's by himself, because that's just the type of character he is. And I get that Dean is the older brother. He's the one who, who deals with the interpersonal stuff more because it's kind of his burden to bear is other people mm-hmm. just being the oldest of, of the family where Sam always has his more, his more personal shit that he's dealing with. But yeah, it, it always kind of bothers me that they don't give Sam as much of those moments with other people. Um, it's just like it's Sam and a bad guy, usually, and not Sam and, and a loved one, um, unless he's talking to Dean. But, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, we'll see more of that throughout the season. I don't know. Well, that one is a good episode, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I feel like the the only thing that's really missing from the episode is just a lot of Dean. And I feel like Chad Everett captures a lot of Dean's mannerisms in the, in the form when he's oh, playing old Dean. And I feel like, uh, I, I don't know if we call that out specifically, but I, I want to do it here just to make sure that we get that dude as props, especially since he's passed away. And I don't know, maybe his granddaughter's listening to a supernatural podcast. So he's, you know, she's listening <laughs> to this and hearing a nice thing about a granddad. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, I, I like this episode a lot. It's, it's like, we talk about how our monster of the week episodes tie up and leak up to our overall plot. We don't really have much of that here, I'm but just, it's, yeah. it's nice seeing this interpersonal relationships between, especially the boys and Bobby and like spending the extra time with Bobby to pull him into this supernatural family right. into the Winchester family. I think this more than anything kind of cements him as a, as a series regular, mm-hmm. right? Like even beyond the stuff that we've seen in the previous four seasons. Yeah. And just as a fan of the show, as a fan of, of Bobby over time and everything. It, this, this is a good episode because it, it felt good to see Dean say that stuff to him. You know, it's stuff that it's, as viewing a show for multiple times, you always think like, I wish so-and-so did this because I know how this ends up, blah, 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 whatever. Um, it's just, it, it does my heart good to, to see Dean doing what I would have wanted to do. I would have wanted to be able to say, you know, you, you would want to be the person looking back like, Oh, I wish I could have said uh, X, Y, Z nice thing to said person. You know, watching this, I'm like, I wish somebody would be nice to Bobby, please. And Dean does it. <laughs> and it's really nice. 
Yeah, it's really nice. Um, any any final thoughts before we go to our next episode? No, it's it's off topic, but it, but it's a good episode. Monster of the Week is filmed before a live studio audience. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm his co-host, Chris Mosier. And we're Monster of the Week. Chris. Jeremy. You know what I like about doing this, this podcast? What's that, Jeremy? It's the hunks. Oh, you know I love me a good hunk. Chris, what's your favorite hunk? My favorite hunk? Well, that would have to be... Castiel. Me too. I am into some Castiel. Jeremy, a little bird told me that you might have some Castiel lined up for me and a few lucky listeners too. That's true. I don't know where you get your tweets from, Chris. We're doing the crowd sound effects, too. Yeah, totally. I guess so. I guess we just got to lead into it. <laughs> um, uh, that's probably it, right? Like, we, we shouldn't do more of that. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> if you can't tell, we're going to be covering Changing Channels, written by Jeremy Carver and directed by Charles Beeson. It's the greatest Sam episode of throwing- Supernatural ever. Sam and Dean are thrown into an alternate universe by the trickster, where they become characters in various TV shows, including a medical series, a Japanese game show, a forensics procedural, and a sitcom. Castiel warns them if they don't find a way out soon, they will become trapped inside forever. The trickster is later revealed to be Archangel Gabriel. So, thanks, TV guy, <laughs> wow, or TV wherever. Guy, fuck. <laughs> That's literally the last five minutes of the show. Good job. Thanks. Okay. Chris... This fucking episode, man. Where'd... I don't even. I don't even know how to start with this episode. It's so good. Uh, if you haven't already, cue that goddamn music because that theme song is so mm-hmm. good. We get. Oh yeah. Our cold open is Sam and Dean acting on a sitcom, um, like in the traditional like like what two camera show? No, it's not two camera. It's a multi camera thing. But like picture Friends, we're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. literally any sitcom. Uh, and that, Any sitcom ever. And How I Met Your Mother. And I didn't. Happy ending. I didn't know that this episode existed. Like when I watched it, you know, I didn't. I didn't see previews. I didn't know what was coming. Uh, other, well, is that true? Because there is that little preview at the end of that episode. So maybe that's not entirely true. But let me tell you, I was still surprised as hell for what was happening. 
Well, because the preview is just a preview, and uh, like any good preview, it's very short. Mm-hmm. Like that, this was before every trailer for a movie was five and a half minutes long, yeah. and t- basically told you what was happening. Um, like all you saw was them in a sitcom, right? Like you didn't really see anything, and it was totally devoid of context. So having the episode just start. And then having like this exchange where he talks, he looks at this giant sandwich and is like, I'm going to need a bigger mouth. <laughs> then Sam comes in and <laughs> stops what he's saying. You go, you're going to need a bigger mouth. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole, the setup is just great. And it's also kind of like, it's funny, but at the same time, it's very disconcerting because number one, our hunks are not acting like mm-hmm. normal. And this is totally weird. And obviously there's something quote unquote supernatural at work. Like there's there's something dangerous doing this to our boys. Even even if you don't feel that danger now, you're kinda it's in the back of your head of like they're gonna have to deal with this at some point. Yeah. This can't be a good thing. Um and then we get this theme song that you're talking about and the song itself is hilarious. I mean I'm I'm definitely gonna have played the whole thing by now. So you like but if you if you just listen to in the podcast or you skipped ahead, like go find the video so you can watch the intro because it's every sitcom intro ever, including tandem bicycles, throwing a football back and forth in an open field, like synchronized emotion emotive <laughs> synchronized like gesturing back and yeah, forth with one another. It's perfect. Um Back in the day, uh, on social media, like on forums and stuff, my profile picture or whatever would be a GIF uh, of Sam opening up the closet or the cupboard and looking in and seeing just like a typical ghost that's just a white sheet, and then closing it and then like backing up against it to hold the ghost and all scared. That a GIF of that was my was my fucking profile picture because that's where I was at with my love for this episode. Uh, it's just everything about it is so good. The brothers like dramatically looking around with their flashlights and then accidentally bumping into each other and scaring themselves. Like that's all I want in this world. I just want some supernatural goofs. Yeah. It's so fucking great, dude. Like all of this is great. And then it just ends and we get this weird scene, which is very much a, a takeoff on like the medical dramas of the day, like your ERs or your, uh, Grey's Anatomy. I don't actually watch it. Thank you. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I don't actually watch any of this. stuff. I watched house. That was my, my medical drama mm-hmm. that I watched. Um, but like, I love the scene that we get because these this doctor and this this chick and the, the doctor is later referred to as Doctor Sexy in the show is Doctor Sexy MD get into an elevator and then they start making out and the dude like puts his leg up yeah. and around her onto the elevator railing and is making out with her <laughs> like it's they told them to lean into this and boy did they it's, like it's so good it's all of it is so good and I think this is where I was like oh my god there's an Anya Maria song playing um or Marina what is it I should probably know yeah Marina excuse me. Um, because I, I, I like her. She's a musician, musician that I like. I can't remember her name, but apparently I like her. And for years, mm-hmm. you know, I would listen to one of her songs and be like, why, why do I know this song? Is it just because I've heard it so many times now? That can't be right. And it's because it's in this episode of Supernatural. Because <laughs> it's totally just harping on like the Grey's Anatomy, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. soft, acoustic, sad songs that play in all of those shows. It's it's very it's actually good music. Like I, really I, I when it, even when I was listening to it, this I was like, wow! Like I can tell that they're trying to do a parody here, but it's it's kind of working for me more than this music <laughs> usually does. Yeah. Um, but we get brought out of that, and it's actually Dean watching Doctor Sexy MD on TV while him and Sam are going to investigate a uh, what the police are calling a bear killing. But uh, in this case, the bear has followed this dude home, gone upstairs, <laughs> and killed him in his bedroom and taken his head off. Um, and like the sheriff is just so just casual about this. He's like, yeah, they live in the country. Bears do weird shit out in the country. I don't know, man. 
this, the police being like, it's the simplest explanation. Therefore, it's like all the police academy in the in supernatural is is just Occam's razor. Yeah, like it's yeah. Occam's razor. Then you get your badge and your gun, and you're like, okay, go forth and arrest a black person. Go ahead, go ahead, go do it. <laughs> also, the uh, the my favorite part of Dean, he gets Dean gets busted watching Doctor Sexy and has to explain to Sam that it's based on a book. That's his like excuse for why. Oh Doctor yeah, Sexy oh yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, so. Uh, they hear about this bear attack. Sounds fishy to them. They want to go and, mm-hmm. and interview the uh, the widow of the victim. And they do because the the widow is saying something different. And by the time they get to her, she's already saying like, "Actually, no, no, it was definitely a bear." And they're like, "No, like if you saw something, tell us. We're we're very open minded." And she's like, "Well, it was actually the Incredible Hulk." <laughs> and there's a special kind of joy that I take when the boys hear something that they are totally not expecting. Like, mm-hmm. if they, she had said ghost, like if she had said, you know, Wendigo, Rougarou. Imagine if she knew any of those names. <laughs> exactly. Also that. Um, a thing with black eyes broke into the apartment. Like, they, they, right. she, they would have been right there with her. Uh, instead, she says the Incredible Hulk and uh <laughs> And fucking Dean with the with the deep cuts on the Incredible Hulk actors is like, is it Banna or is it Norton? And she's like, no, 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 those movies were terrible. <laughs> and uh, I had forgotten that there was Eric Banna, Banna had played the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. I had totally put that out of my mind. So I thought he was saying Banner or Norton. And I was like, that's not a valid question. Yeah. <laughs> I got real nerd mad about it. I took it. I just took it out of my notes because I didn't want to be reminded about it. And then I texted you about it when I watched the episode again, and you were like, um, "Actually, oh shit, <laughs> I've I've done made myself nerd mad all for nothing. I feel real stupid." Yeah, for some reason, I think that that the Eric Bana Hulk movie came out when I was in. Sorry to make you feel old. It might have been in elementary school. I remember being really young, um, old enough to go to the movies by myself or with my friends, but whatever. And it just. For all these years, it always stuck into my head that Eric Bana played Bruce Banner. Like, it just was always funny to me for some reason. So as soon as you said that, I was like, hey, my dude, um, <laughs> actually, uh... I'm, I'm looking up now to see exactly when this movie was, because I want to know how old you were in this year. Because this is something definitely we should do on a podcast together. Oh, for sure. You <laughs> we definitely edit. should keep doing this. You can edit around it. Yeah. 2003. So you were, you were what? I was 12 or 13. Three? I was 12 or 13. 4? 13. You're 12 or 13. Okay. Jesus Christ. Sorry, my dude. Um, but no, it's a, uh, it's not Banna and it's not Norton. It's actually Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. <laughs> the old school version, which is extremely hype. Uh, and Sam, they break off for Dean to do research and Sam to go on the on-site visit for some reason. I guess they're kind of taking turns or looking into this probably way more deeply than it deserves. Maybe this is part of their um, reintegration with one another, because normally I would have, ex- I would expect Dean to be the person on site and for Sam to be on the computer, but they reverse those roles. Maybe that's because they're trying to like get back on each other's yeah, terms. Right? Uh, he's trying to, trying to, to let Sam, team. I think take a little bit more control and not be as on a leash. And you know what? Mm. They don't even mention it. And I think that's kind of cool. No, um, because I'm, actually it didn't even occur to me until I was literally yeah. talking about it. I'm, right I'm now, glad you so. brought that up though, because it's like they do a little bit of a role reversal and I bet it's just supposed to be a low key mm-hmm. way of being like, well, no, normally Dean does that, but now Sam's going to do it because you know, they're, they're trying to work together. And like, that's kind of cool. That's a very subtle, cool thing. And some of the, uh, the poker game in the last episode brought up some of Sam's stuff where, uh, I mean, they're, they're kind of ragging on him a little bit saying like, you're not good enough to, to play him. You know, Bobby and Dean are, but, uh, and 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 Patrick plays that card on him a little bit too, saying, you know, oh, you're just a little brother, whatever. So I'm glad that they're kind of subtly still poking at that, but not making a whole scene about it. It's just a thing in the background. Um, 
these writers deserve more credit than the people give them. Absolutely. Agreed. Dean has researched and found out our victim has a extreme problem with anger. He's been to anger management classes. He has abused his wife. He's got into a lot of bar fights. Um, not a great dude. Uh, Sam comes back with this, having found a Hulk-sized hole in the wall when this dude was killed and says, like, hey, this sounds like just desserts, a real angry dude being killed by the Hulk. And also, I found all of these candy wrappers there. I wonder if it's a trickster, <laughs> which is kind of a big jump, right? Like, that's a leap. Yeah, but they've dealt with him before, and mm-hmm. Sam, in particular, I feel like it's pretty intimate with the trickster after living those uh, hundreds of scenarios with him. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they were able to pick up on it pretty quickly. I, I like this argument right here because I mentioned this in last week's episode when we were dealing with Jesse, the Antichrist, who was never heard of again. Where uh, Sam doesn't want this kid corrupted. He doesn't want this kid to be you know, used for either side of the war for Earth that's happening right now. Um, but in this case, here is this supernatural being known as a trickster. And Sam says, well, wait, if we can convince this thing to be on our side, it has to have, it would definitely be helpful, right? Like if, he, if he's on our side, then maybe we, he could help us find Lucifer. If he can't help us find him, maybe he can help us find God. If he can't help us find God... Maybe he can help us, I don't know, kill either one of them. <laughs> he can help mm-hmm. us do something. Like, he's got crazy reality warping powers. Obviously, he's more powerful. And then Dean is, like, not into this idea at all. I think <laughs> Sam's, like, reasoning for it is, like, maybe he doesn't want the party to end. Like, the trickster seems like a pretty chill dude, other than <laughs> yeah. all the shit that he did to us. But, like, guy likes to hang out, you know? Yeah, he's just hanging. He's just having a great time on Earth. Maybe he doesn't want the party to end. And obviously uh, Sam's Dean's line here uh, of a, you want you want he's a bloody violet monster and you want to be Facebook friends with him is really <laughs> yeah. good. I like it. It's their first Facebook <laughs> reference, I believe. Uh, they uh, Sam obviously he wouldn't want to use a kid in the last episode or you know two episodes ago um, using the trickster or, or trying to get help from the trickster. I think it makes sense. I, I understand why Dean is like no 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 stop with the whole monster shit, Sam. Again. Uh, you're siding with you're always sided with the bad guys, but uh, but I I do think it makes sense. He's like, well, actually, hold on, like we're kind of like up shit creek right now. Maybe this this fella could help, and I think the dean has his head on straight. And I'm glad that Sam is talking about this stuff and not just uh, you know, seeking the trickster out by himself. But still, yeah, th- th- this is all super good to me. Like I, I I like this. I like that they don't resolve it right here. Dean is just basically like, okay, well. That's like, well, maybe we'll try talking to him or whatever. Meanwhile, I'm going to carve these stakes and you should listen to that police scanner to see if anything pops up. Because if we know, th- if we know anything about the trickster, that he's not going to be able to help himself to, to, you know, continue his tricks basically. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's true. They're, they're listening to the police scanner when they get it on a police, when a policeman calls in this, like, Oh my God, something crazy happened at the warehouse. You guys got to get over here. I don't even know how to describe it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> the boys rush over register the fact that nobody is around and pull out their from the trunk from the trunk from the trunk stash their flashlights and uh wooden stakes dipped in is it dead it's not dead man's blood what what kind of blood did you have to have do you remember i don't know if it's uh we should oh boy uh we should be on that fucking wikipedia right now i usually almost always have it up and i don't for the, for some reason today and i don't know why it's not dead man's um, book that's vampires not, but it's dipped in something they don't even mention it in the episode it's you know it's just it's a, it, yeah but it's, it's obviously tipped yeah it's tipped for sure um 
And the second that they walk into this big empty warehouse, boom, suddenly Sam and Dean are in scrubs. They're in lab coats and they're in a hospital. Yep. And they, they immediately turn around from the door that they uh, came in, open it up. And it's a closet full of like two people that are, you know, making out with one another, which is super great. (laughs) And then they turn around Uh, again and there's this, this woman, this, this doctor dressed in scrubs again, and she just smacks Sam in the face. Um, again, another another profile picture for Chris Mosher was uh, Sam being slapped in the face mid-slap because it's just, it's just a great still. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what, Chris? I want to take a brief aside for a moment. Uh-huh. Can um, can you tell me the forums that you were visiting circa two thousand nine, and you were uh, making these gifts and then putting them in your profile picture? It like- was literally just uh, hardcore uh, punk music forums that i was using these supernatural gifts on and that's not really the place for supernatural but that's where i was at was there a thread did the hardcore punk forums have a thread for supernatural that they have like nope. a tv section in their, uh-uh. in their forums no <laughs> not for just, supernatural were... because everybody in hardcore thinks that they're cooler than everyone else so i spent some time on some like underground music forums like some some fucking piracy bullshit forums and uh all of those dudes felt like they were cooler than everybody. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine having like a frozen still of Sam being slapped in the face as your profile picture. I am what I am. I just took photos of myself with a large sword in real life. So, you, what do you expect from me, Jeremy? Honestly, I expected a bigger sword, but you know, everyone's a little disappointed in real life. So, well, it's hard to ship anything bigger than what I got. Um. <laughs> But two ways. So this, Chris, so this, ways. this woman who is soon to be revealed as Doctor Piccolo, she slaps Sam in the face and just says, "You're a brilliant coward." Um, yeah, and slaps him in the face several times. Like he's like, "Lady, I don't know who you are," and she's pap right across yeah. the face again. Like, but Sam getting slapped is is very satisfying to me. That's why it's so funny. This the, this picture is just so funny. Um, but but she's able to, uh, or Dean is able to identify she's Doctor Piccolo. Um, the the sexy but whatever nurse or doctor excuse me uh and he realizes mm. that they're in doctor sexy very quickly and i just love that he identifies everybody as the oh that is so and so the sexy but stubborn doctor whatever it's just every single one of yeah. them is the sexy, sexy but, but stubborn something. sexy but smart sexy but psychological to the guy to the chick that's like seeing the ghost yeah and it's just like it's so great to just get this tiny little window into dean's like worldview like it makes sense that dean watches a lot of daytime tv what else is he going to do half the time? They're not always hunting. and They're not always driving. Half the time, they're just killing time in between shit happening. <laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely imagine, like, Dean Winchester was a fan of Passions in its limited run on NBC, yeah. right? Like, that seems like Dean's... Dean's Wasn't he on and, that? <laughs> I mean, probably, I think he might have been. I don't remember, but uh, so, was definitely in my head canon. He's always been on passions. Uh, I like the fact that the 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 head case doctor. I don't. That's probably not the correct term for that. But the the one he identifies as like sexy but crazy or whatever mm-hmm. is seeing a ghost. And Sam's like, "There's ghost on this show. <laughs> Why?" And Dean's yeah. like, "I don't know, but it's compelling. <laughs> like he's really into it. <laughs> Good um, for Dean to have a hobby. I like yeah. for Dean to have a hobby. Like just a like a guilty pleasure. Just something for him to relax with." It's, it's, all of this stuff is so good, and, and sure enough, there he is, Dr. Sexy himself, this dude with just, like, a, a sweet mullet, um, situation going on, and this is based on, I think, uh, Dr. McDreamy, or whatever the, they called him in Grey's Anatomy, um, he's, he's based on a, on a dude, 
I'm not too familiar with the show, but uh, everybody else seems to be. Uh, so this this guy, he comes up to them, and Dean is just, like, starstruck. And I just love that all of it is just the doctor. 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 They're all just, re- they're just saying doctor to each other. Um, <laughs> when I tell you, when I worked at a hospital, it was not quite like that. Uh, but it just, it's amazing. Do but, you ever watch uh, Children's Hospital on Adult Swim? I think it's Adult Swim. Uh, yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah, it's not in a long time. But yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they they get into that routine a lot where like they just continue it. Like they have to do the full all relationships. Like everyone has to say doctor to one another, so it takes about four and a half minutes to get through the first doctor because <laughs> <laughs> people keep walking up and joining the conversation. It's a good show. Everybody watch it. Yeah. Um, Dean seems extremely attracted to Doctor Sexy MD. He loves it. He's all about him. But he's all about Dr. Sexy MD. Everyone knows the thing that makes Dr. Dr. Sexy Sexy is his cowboy boots. And let me tell you, Jeremy, Mm -hmm. I wore cowboy boots to work once when I worked at the hospital. Um, (laughs) You did what? So I used to wear wear cowboy boots. I'm going to tell you right now. Excuse me? I'm walking down that. I'm all walking down that road. I wore I wore cowboy boots every walk, single put day. Put your cowboy boots on and, and walk me down this road because I, I want to go, hear them hey, steps. Hey, Jeremy, these boots were made for walking. Yeah. So I'm about, I'm about to take you down that road. Uh, I wore cowboy boots Please. every single day for three years straight uh, until I wore holes in them, and it was just what? I just liked, yeah, because they made my feet look a little bit smaller. Um, <laughs> but I was just into it. It was just my thing. You know, I wore them under the jeans. It's not like you got these these big obnoxious things i just had heeled boots on nbd sue me jeremy all right um not a lot no, of people- no wait but, but wait hold on mm-hmm. hold on because mm-hmm. what kind of cowboy boots did you wear did you have some alligators some ostrich what, what kind of what was your what was your preferred were, material uh they were just leather they were just, uh not anything like not a no crazy animal probably just regular level uh leather uh <laughs> red, no, yellow, no, I don't, red leather yellow leather yeah red leather, leather, leather. <laughs> were they um if you were walking down a hospital like so, most hospital floors that I've been into are extremely polished and clean at all. That's times. what I'm getting at. Doctor Sexy would be slipping and sliding all over the damn place because your old buddy Chris <laughs> was slipping and sliding all over the damn place in these damn cowboy boots. Which I was at school. Normally, I would go home before going to work, and that was fine. But I was at mm-hmm. school, and I didn't have time to go home. I was running late, so I was like, "Well, I can get scrubs at work." NBD, and I got there, and I thought, you know, I'm saving myself time. Everything's gonna be okay. And I and I went to the bathroom and I'm and I'm changing into the scrubs and then I went oh fuck oh I got these picked up cowboy boots. Then it went from NBD to VBD. Yeah, very big deal. <laughs> um, I am astounded to know that you wore cowboy boots for three years. I feel mm-hmm. like I sh- you should have told me that before we got into a Patreon, before we started doing business together. Like, yeah. I feel like that's something that you should have disclosed to me. You know, when you sell a house, if, a, if somebody has died uh-huh. in it, you, yeah, you if have it's to tell like, the the. the it's like buying a house and finding out that there's a ghost in it. You just you started a podcast yeah. and found out that your co-host wore cowboy boots. Honestly, I'm going to use that Patreon money to buy some uh, to buy myself a new pair. <laughs> Do you want me? To, I mean, I don't know if you remember this. And how did this not come up during the feedback episode where we went to a link that was Boot City, and you never brought this fact up? You didn't even see, you didn't even seem like interested in the boots. I've, you know, been there, done that, my, my man. Um, I live it. It's not like, you know, it's not like I get it. Like, I get gas every week, but, like, I don't get excited about getting gas. I'm not like, oh, that's the thing that I do. You know, it's, a th- it's just part of my life. It's just part of my life. Chris, we have to talk about, we have to, we have to talk about two words. It's called false equivalencies. You wearing cowboy boots for three years is not the same as you having gas. <laughs> One is extremely 
extremely interesting, and the other one is cowboy boots. Tell me more about um, this guys. No, I'm kidding. So, so yeah, if, just- I do before we get to the cowboy boots section, I do want to mention that as they're walking down the hall, Dean's like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, I'll take any ideas, and Sam's like, "Maybe a trickster put, put us into TV land," and he's like, "That's not a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's totally what happens. That's totally what it is. Why is Dean just Dean's just too he's very flustered by this whole Dr. Sexy situation. Uh and can you blame him? Um no. You're gonna During his conversation with Dr. Sexy. Outtakes, dude. <laughs> oh no, that's totally staying in. We can't we can't just like that was that was too natural. That was too good. That was uh, okay. During this conversation with Dr. Sexy, where Dr. Sexy accuses him of doing a face transplant uh, that he was not authorized to do, <laughs> he uh, he accosts Dr. Sexy and says, I know who you are. And this is the cowboy boot conversation. Mm-hmm. He's not wearing cowboy boots. That's how Dean identifies him as the trickster. And, uh, of course, it's our buddy, the trickster, Richard Spites, uh, from season two, maybe? I don't quite remember. He's where in season two are. and season three. And season three. Yeah, Richard Wait, we've already seen the twister. twister. I said Twixter. That's a different. That's a different guy. Uh, he's already been in two seasons, two episodes. I thought it was just yeah, the one. There's the one where he he shows up and they just find out he's a trickster oh. and they do the whole thing. And then there's the whole mystery spot one. Wait, no, that's where they find out he's a trickster. Mm-mm. He's in season two. Does not matter. With that's the with the slow dancing aliens. That's, that's, isn't, oh, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, okay, my bad, season two, you're right, forgot about the, I forgot about the slow dancing aliens, how could I forget? God damn. Uh, yeah, so Richard Spate are you, Jr. Are you, are you lighting a cigarette right now? What is that noise? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just clucking at you. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, Dr. Sexy turns into the trickster, and voila, it is he. Yep. Uh, did you notice how short this dude is compared to our giants, our giant hunks? <laughs> yeah. Um, he is, like, I don't like to make fun of people for, you know, anything about their physical appearance, but it's just, it's a, it's a comedic scene when you see enormous Sam Winchester and relatively normal Dean Winchester, and then you see very tiny trickster. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a, it's just an odd scene. Um, but the trickster basically says like, Hey, I've got you here. Sam tries to do like, hey, we we actually we, we need to talk to you. We need your help. And he's like, oh, what? You guys broke the fucking universe, and you want my help for it? No, I'm yeah. not going to let you do that. <laughs> he but I tell you what, immediately. <laughs> if you uh if you play the game, then uh maybe we can talk. And they're like, what's the game? It's like, well, you're in it. How do you play? You're doing it right now. What's the rules? And he's like, and he kind of smiles and then just disappears, <laughs> which is really fun. Yeah. Um, and everything that follows this is amazing. Yep. Again, there's a. Like just during the scene where they walk into Doctor Sex and MD, and, and now that they've met the trickster, is only about five minutes long. We've been talking about it for about fifteen, mm-hmm. and it's filled with hilarity. Like the entire thing is filled with visual gags and great verbal gags that are just great. Like they're yeah, just they're, all great. They're trying to to figure out what to do next, and they're walking down the hall, and that woman, Doctor Piccolo, comes up, and she's like, "You brilliant coward!" And she just smacks him. <laughs> and Sam, Sam, I love flustered Sam. He's like, "I have no idea what you're saying to me." And she said, you're afraid to operate again, and you're afraid to love. Um, and th- so there goes from that to suddenly uh, what looks like Mark Pellegrino. Would you Pellegrino's- say that he's not ready for love? He's not ready for love. And then a man who looks like Mark Pellegrino's shorter brother uh, shows up and tells mm-hmm. Dean that uh, his wife really needs that surgery. But Dean's like, I can't help you, dude. And then the guy shoots him in the back because that's the kind of drama you would get on one of these shows. 
Um, they call for a doctor only, only to realize that Sam is the doctor who has to operate on Dean. Um, and it's so fucking good. He has no idea how to use any of the doctor tools. So he just asks for like, nope, nope, a, a hunter's med kit, like a dental floss and like a, a, a knife and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It's in a, just alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's the whiskey to pour on the wound. Um, meanwhile, uh, Dr. Piccolo just is pressing her hand dramatically against the glass watching Sam operate. Like, all of this is so good. I, lo- I love all of this. Like, the music that comes on, as soon as he starts asking for his, like, hunter tools to be able to operate, like, this music drops <laughs> into, like, a sexy beat. Yes. I didn't watch a lot of this, this like, <laughs> yes. romantic medical dramas, but it does. it definitely drops into, like, a a fucking Isaac Hayes song or some shit, like, right? Like, it, it drops into, like, a, are you ready for me, maybe? Kind of kind of yeah. bullshit. And yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's fucking hilarious. I love that he asked for all of the Hunter shit, too. Like, it's too good. While this is happening, Dean is face down. He's awake. Um, he's face down on the operating table, and he's staring at these blue doors. And as Sam starts to... <laughs> we should mention that Dr. Piccolo, from the other side of the operating room class, is like, I love you, Sam. Yes. <laughs> all this other stuff. Like, that's, <laughs> it's, the look on Sam's face while all this is happening is just fucking hysterical, too. Like, I, I love all of this. Uh, Dean is staring at this blue door, and then slowly it starts kind of fading out. And then, now they're in a Japanese game show. It goes from one extreme to another extreme so quickly. They are playing the game of Nutcracker. It is extremely good. Uh, There's this, like, crazy... Like... Japanese game shows are kind of like a like a they're a parody in, in and of themselves, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they've been doing this shit since The Simpsons. Um, it's both of the the boys are obviously like they're they're both standing, their legs are fastened into these comically overhuge like Converse sneaker looking things. Um, the host is in this silver metallic like mirror lined suit. And is speaking nothing but Japanese. There's, you know, Japanese women in bikinis all around, like, and there's a bunch of fanfare. And he says, you know, I'm going to ask you a question and you got to answer it. And the question that he asked Sam in Japanese, and we get the subtitles, Sam has no idea what he's saying is, uh, name the demon that you picked over your own brother. And like the whole crowd is like, ooh. And Sam has no idea what's going on. And after he, no clue. He, after he fails to answer and gets hit in the nuts, I just love the the defeated uh, host just saying "Ruby, Ruby" over and over again. Like, oh no, <laughs> you didn't get it. And now, and then Sam gets he gets nutcrackered. Yeah, he gets he gets nutcracked, and uh, I love that they do this. Number one, and then. They slow it down and they give you the nutcracking from several different <laughs> angles. It's so good, uh, Chris. I don't like. You know, when we tweet the show out, I always feel a little bad because I, I, you know, nobody wants to see like eight tweets from a podcast all in a row. But I, I still can't seem to help myself. It, I might get up to like twelve. I might have to do a gif of every fucking thing <laughs> in this show because it's so goddamn good. It's just too much. It's too it's- much for me. Uh, the the announcer goes over to the side and they start to doing like this live commercial for something. I can't remember. I didn't write it down what it was, but it's something like dumb and hilarious. And uh, we have a surprise visitor. 
It's your boy Cass. It's your boy Cass. He just shows up and is like, "What are you two doing?" In his Cass voice, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, but he almost immediately, like, he's like, "All right, I'm going to zap you guys out of here," and almost immediately is just like banished. He just disappears into like a well, puff of static. Not, a, a puff is not a he, way you would also describe the, static, but you get me. Um, he also says that the boys have been missing for days. Yeah, so that's I want to. I do want to mention that, and then um, also. Uh, you mentioned static, like it's it's like he it's it's like a channel change flick, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like that kind of weird in between channels, like on an old CRT TV with a rabbit ear sticking out and some tinfoil on top of it. Like it's that kind of like, zip and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we we knew what was happening before, and I mentioned at the very start, like when we saw the sitcom stuff, it was it was interesting, um, but. Now I'm starting to feel a sense of terror. I'm like, oh shit! Like maybe something serious can happen to these boys. It's it's funny how well it's funny how funny they're able to be while like the threat of danger never really goes away. Uh, especially mm-hmm. once the shift to the Japanese game show happens, uh, it's so sudden and and it's very funny. But because it just it's like it snapped, it goes from one thing to another. It's like oh shit! Like anything could happen to these boys. And if they're not playing along, if Sam doesn't get hit in the nuts then he's in trouble. You know, something worse is going to happen to him. Uh, and that, that mm-hmm. threat kind of slowly creeps in and it's, it's for as funny as it is, it's pretty effective horror. It is. Th- this is really good because the boys are treating this perfectly seriously. Um, and I would imagine if you put yourself in their position, basically mounted spread Eagle over the nutcracker, you would be <laughs> a little worried about it. Like, I mean, I'm a dude, I got some nuts and I don't want them to see him cracked. <laughs> like this is a real easy <laughs> one plus one equals two situation for me. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this situation. Yeah. Um, that's the first time that I said I've had nuts on a podcast publicly. So that's, you know? that's a, that's a milestone in my, in my life. We mentioned earlier that I was at my peak. That was in my prime. Maybe, maybe I'm not, Chris. <laughs> maybe you're not. We hit it before episode 40. So, you know, here we are. Good, 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 good. Um, so D- now it's time for Dean's question. D- did you write down Dean's question? Um, he says, oh, would your mother or father still be alive if your brother has- had never been born? Uh, <laughs> God damn. And while How this is happening, is he says it in Japanese. Dean has no idea what he says. Um, but. Mm-hmm. Sam just reminds him, hey, play your role. That's what we have to do here is play our roles. And for whatever reason, um, Dean says, like, Kodawa Soldosu, or whatever it is that he says. And it's just like, the answer is yes. He's saying yes. Uh, He doesn't know how to speak Japanese, but he says yes. And uh, that's it. That's the correct answer. (laughs) John and Mary would still be alive if Sam had never been born. Nice. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Trickster. Thanks, guys. Excellent information. The best thing about the trickster is that he set this whole thing up and he's insulting the boys and never tells them about it. Like that's mm-hmm. the true, like he doesn't provide subtitles to the boys. He just insults them to their face. And then if they play along with it and say, yes, they get transported to the next thing, which if you know anything about supernatural, I feel like you have seen this commercial before because it is so goddamn ridiculous. And, over and the they, top. it's, it's a commercial it is a, break. If they go to a commercial break, if you're watching this on TV, you yeah. go to a commercial break mm-hmm. and it comes back to a commercial of a woman doing yeah. yoga very peacefully on a serene lake and then looking up and saying, I've got genital herpes. <laughs> <laughs> and then an old man that says, I have genital herpes. And then Sam Winchester <laughs> coming off the basketball court, looking over and saying, 
Really? <laughs> I love this so much. Like, I know I keep saying that about this episode, but goddamn, like, all See, of this is played so well. The low-key best thing about this whole thing is when uh, the woman, or, or Sam Hoover is, says, I've tried to control my outbreaks. And then it cuts to the old man looking at his wife and then looking back at the camera saying, boy, did I try. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this old dude is just boning down. He's like, baby, look, I know I got herpes, but a man's got to live. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he's like, he's like 75 years old. Do you, remember, do you remember when we got married and you said, for better or for worse? Well, guess which one we're in now? I've got genital herpes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, th- this is all very good. Dean does the voiceover and um, about saying all of the side effects of this um is it like herpesia or something? Herpexia, <laughs> like I'm, yeah. Herpexia. <laughs> uh, Dean does, like, you, you know, you may suffer uh, diarrhea, permanent erectile dysfunction, <laughs> loss of memory. <laughs> like it's all a line of just a horrible shit. And then it goes back to Sam, and he's like, I am doing just the smallest part to, to, to stop the spread of genital herpes. <laughs> this stuff is just so great because, like I said, when I got my sister to watch Supernatural, this was the first episode I showed her. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just works because it's it's satire or, or lampooning, I guess, so many things that so many people are already aware about. You don't have to know Supernatural to think this is funny. It just helps when you see your hunks are the, well, are the ones saying it. Like, we've had comedy episodes, right? Like, we, we, have, we have laughed at these boys doing dumb shit before, but I feel like this is the first time that they went really crazy with it like doing like different versions of other shows crazy this had to be an expensive episode right like for the different sets the different actors involved because all of the side characters the uh the japanese game announcer dr mcsexy um dr pinocchio whatever her name was like they're all they're all very good Yeah, everybody's great. Yeah, like, like nobody, like it doesn't suffer or anything. Like I would expect this to be dragged down by something, and it is definitely not. Uh, and then we go back to what was our cold open, I believe, and that's the uh, the sitcom uh, where they're like, now the boys are kind of like, is this ever going to end? How long do we have to do this? Oh shit! Uh, and that's when Cass shows up again, I believe. Yeah, um, or maybe the Trickster shows up first. One of they both show up. So um, Sam, Sam, uh, this time, they, they go back and the, the chick in the bikini is still there uh, because I don't, I think we talked about that at the very beginning, but you know, they make a bunch of jokes about Dean doing this chick or whatever. Um, Sam escorts the chick out and that's when Castiel shows up and he's like, Hey, this is all very weird. This is way more powerful than it should be. Like, I don't think a trickster can handle this even if it even is a trickster. And that's where, uh, the trickster shows up pushes Castiel away and then puts duct tape on his mouth and then zaps him out again. And of course mm-hmm. Dean and Sam are or mostly, mostly Dean, <laughs> mostly Dean is, is super concerned about where Castiel is. And, uh, you know, kind of say like, what are you, what are you doing to him? Oh, he'll be fine. Maybe. And then they kind of have this like verbal showdown with the trickster. And, um, this, this is yeah. good. I dig this. Like we, we don't really learn anything here, but it's fun seeing the thing that I remember here is that Dean, especially during season five, now that he knows that he's the Michael sword is feeling pretty uh, confident about himself. And he's feeling pretty good in the fact that not much is going to kill him because he is the Michael sword. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he, he has this idea in the back of his head that no matter what happens, the angels are going to swoop in at this and, and try to save him at the last minute, no matter what happens to him. Yeah. 
and uh, it's kind of it, it just we're just seeing Dean strong on the strong arm the the trickster here, mm-hmm. who's not having any of it. He pretty no. quickly like, and this is this is a real turn for the trickster. We've seen him him teach a lesson before. That's kind of his thing. We've seen him be violent before. But and that's what he's is, doing here. It's because it, they they say the boys say like we get it. Play your role. Like what what are you trying to tell us? And he's like no no no. That's only half of it. I want you to play your role out there. I want you to go say yes to Michael and Lucifer. And uh, and Dean kind of calls him out. I think he calls him out, like you know somebody's bitch. I don't know who it is. Um, for for being um, he says you're working for Lucifer or the angels. <laughs> you're grabbing ankles for one of them. I don't know which, but you're somebody's yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um. And the trickster gets pissed at that, and that's that's the real flash of anger. And he tells them to play their roles. He tells them to say yes to to Michael and Lucifer, and then he snaps them into the next thing. And this one is uh, throughout this season, they've kind of leaned into the the procedural cop show thing a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed it. It feels like that was just something that was really popular at the time, uh, and and Supernatural was kind of capitalizing on that uh, by constantly having the boys like doing cop investigations. Um, which they already did, but this season especially feels like they do a lot more of it. Um, mm-hmm. And they just do the full-on, like, CSI Miami ridiculous sunglasses at night. Full, like, just, they they go all the way with it, and it's amazing. It's so good. With the, um... They lean into this so hard. Lasse. First off, <laughs> Dean, is, Dean is totally pissed off about being here. Like, Dean is actively like, I yeah. hate procedural cop shows. They're on all the time, and they're just like, what it... He's like, what like says, like, what, there's play crash, TVs. whatever. <laughs> Yeah, he literally does the, like, picking up dirt, tasting it, the, mm, mm, a plane crashed here. Like, Dean is so on the nose with this shit. I love it. I love a and they, Dean uh, who has been to hell, who has watched his brother go and betray him and come back, and he is friends with an angel, and he is the Michael sword. But the thing that really gets Dean riled up is these shitty fucking cop shows. Because imagine, if you will, uh, that you are traveling from one hunt to the next. You have to stop. You can't drive all night. You and your brother are exhausted. You know, you, you get to this hotel room, but your mind is wired because you're thinking about the hunt. You're thinking about the apocalypse. You turn on the TV. All you're looking for is a little Dr. Sexy. You just want to see, like, the, the, the next episode of the syndication bit. run. You just want to see Dr. Sexy. What's happening with Dr. Pinocchio? What's going on? You flip it on, and what's on the TV? Nothing but fucking NCIS or whatever other law and order or whatever other bullshit. I can see Dean seriously hating this for, from his basic cable experiences in hotel rooms yeah. in small I, towns across America. I love it. I just love it. Same. Um, but yeah, they, they get author of their one liners putting on their sunglasses and well, I'll say jackpot or whatever as they're examining this, this dead body and they're playing the roles of these, these shitty cops now and, uh, or these shitty CSI investigators. Uh, and they know what they're doing now. Um, uh, but they, uh, they see they, this dude they've identified a, a, so like, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, that's okay. Um, yeah, they see this dude sucking on a lollipop and they know it's him. So they, uh, they just go after him and plug him with the goddamn steak. Ad lib their way over to him to distract him. <laughs> like, I, so good. <laughs> and the stuff that they're saying is so ridiculous. Like, oh, there's a roll of quarter in his, in his throat. Uh, well, you know what I say? He hit the jackpot, like and taking, like yeah, they're constantly well, taking jackpot. sunglasses off, putting sunglasses putting on. It's fucking on. ridiculous. Well, I say, no guts, no glory. Get that guy a tums. <laughs> like it's just like again and again and again and again. 
it's really good. Uh, and they, they've worked themselves over to this medical examiner. And they, they stab this dude. When they stake this dude. What is this weird CGI thing that we get? It's gotta just be something from CSI. Like, one of those reconstruction things. Like, they show the stake going in and, like, stopping the guy's heart. Like, it's super graphic and serious. It's it's really bizarre. Um, it, it is great. I love it. Like, I abs- absolutely love it. Uh, and then the dude falls over. And then we see the trickster laughing from behind them. Actually, he was he was one of the police officers. And he's like, oh, you got the wrong guy. And Dean says, oh, no, we actually didn't. And Sam sneaks up. I love I love the brother trick. Like They've been doing it since season one, Chris. I love I <laughs> yeah. love the fucking brother trick. I don't know. I don't know if it has a name, the double brother trick. I don't, I don't know if we want to call it anything. But, man, I love it when the boys get the drug. The, the double brother bluff. The double brother bluff. Exactly. The DBB. I'm into it. Uh <laughs> very, very much into it. It's it's so good. So at that point, once they stab him, he falls in, and they have this. Uh, they have. The, I want to see this mannequin in real life. Did you notice that? That like once they stab him and he falls over, it's just like a mannequin of Richard Spites or whatever. Did you did you pay? Yeah, it's yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, but they wake up back at the warehouse, and it's uh, and he's he's just kind of standing there, right? Yeah. Um. They're back in in where they first one in uh and i think it's not over yet right i'm trying to i'm trying to put the, the pieces of this together because they leave here before yeah the, the, happens, the timing right? of this is weird so they they go they wake up at the warehouse and the trickster is dead in front of them and then it, we kind of smash cut to dean in the shower worried about kaz which is like the fourth time that's happened this season it's getting a little ridiculous with the <laughs> dean in the shower worried about kaz stuff um <laughs> how did we miss it chris it was so obvious yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't but know. he 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 walks out and he's like, "Sam, we gotta we gotta go find Kaz." And Sam is nowhere to be found. He's like, "What's going on?" He walks outside as he's calling Sam. He's getting Sam's voicemail. He gets in the car, and what happens? Sam is the damn car. Sam is fucking Night Rider. <laughs> Chris, Chris, can you hear me? How the fuck? Uh, Jeremy. Fucking Discord. Hold on, let me let me look at my let me look at my settings. Hold on. Okay, hold on. That's fine. Okay, let me go over here to my interface. Chris, Chris, can you hear me? Yeah, Jeremy, I can hear you. Chris, Chris, where are you? You you sound weird. Are you are you sitting? What, what is this? Uh, you mind backing up a little bit? Your mouth is a little close. Chris, are you my microphone right now? Uh, yeah, dude, Sam is fucking Night Rider, and we get a whole fucking Night Rider scene. Yeah, like they're just cruising along with the fucking lights and. Everything. Did you watch Night Rider as a kid? Is that is that is that dating myself pretty pretty badly? Uh, no, that that was before my time, but that was definitely like reruns and stuff when I mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I love I love the fact that they put the lights on the front and then they have like the full like EQ uh I don't even know what you call it, the thing that goes up and down the lights that go up and down based on the sound. Like, I yeah, should probably yeah, yeah. know that as a podcaster, but whatever. The uh meter. Yeah, right. Um and then uh Dean says, 
oh hey, I, I think I figured this out. I think I know what's going on. So they he parks the car in the in the tr- in the park, and it starts rummaging around in the trunk. And Sam's like, uh, Dean, <laughs> that feels a little weird. <laughs> Uh, this show is so fucking great, Chris. We are hashtag blessed, hashtag not stressed to be doing a podcast on the TV show Supernatural. Yeah, you're, da- you're darn right. Um, uh, is this the point where they just find it like, okay, we gotta, we gotta call this dude down to us. We need to like, we need to hash this out. Please turn Sam back into a human boy uh, and, and not a car. Yeah, he gets, uh, Dean walks out and says, okay, like, fine, I'll say yes. Just come down here. And then, of course, the trickster does. And the first thing Dean demands is like, okay, we're not going to do anything while Sam is still a car. So he's like, okay, fine. So Sam just like gets out of the backseat of the Impala, uh, <laughs> which hopefully Dean has wiped down since his angel love session back in season four. Oh, yeah. Um, Sam's <clears throat> been avoiding the backseat ever since. But surprise, Dean has figured out that the trickster is actually an angel and they have, I mean, we talk about angel traps, we talk about devil traps, but man... Or, excuse me, angel surprise banishments, but they are using this Jerusalem oil, this Jerusalem angel oil yeah. to full effect, and they have they have captured this angel who is, surprise, an actual angel. And uh, he pretends not to be yeah, at first, uh, and, uh, but of course he yeah. is. But he's not just any angel, he's, he is, he's an archangel Gabriel. He is like, he's, fucking he's Gabriel. These, he's a big deal, he, he's a head honcho. And mm-hmm. it feels like this is one of the longest, like, single scenes in Supernatural, it just like it's a it's a solid like five to ten minutes of them just talking to him in this warehouse. I definitely feel like the card scene between uh, Patrick and and Sam was was definitely longer in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the minute. I'm just saying um, with uh, with feel is what I'm saying. Is it feels longer? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is all good stuff. It just feels like it's all like right in the same room and they're just talking and it's like very slowed down because the first half of the episode was so frantic and probably like cost them a little bit more than your usual episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all good stuff. It's just this, this trickster, this seemingly way too powerful, bad creature that they've, they've tussled with a few times now is more than, than they ever expected. And I used to be a little bit disappointed by this. Really? I was like, well, they can't just retcon it and call him something else now. Mm. But this time around, I was like, oh no, I'm totally on board for this. Like I'm, I'm happy with this. I think uh, it fits in really well. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I do too. I don't remember at the time I may, I may have felt that a little bit too. Cause anytime you start retconning former characters to fit into your current mythology, it's a little weird, but uh, as far as right now, I'm, d- I'm definitely into it. Like, I, I feel like this dude earns the role. I feel like it's like everything kind of works in its favor. Uh, and we learned some backstory. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel has, Abandoned his family because they were having all of this bullshit with Lucifer and Michael and God. And he wasn't <clears throat> really into watching these people fight. Um, at one point, he describes every Sunday dinner as the apocalypse. Yeah. And then, so he has run away to Earth. He uh, got himself a new face and has just been basically hiding out this entire time, uh, being a trickster guy. And mm-hmm. he did this because he could not bear to see his family f- to fight one another. And now it's all happening again. And now it's all happening again. Um, we we didn't really talk about this when we f- when we met the trickster in the sitcom and the second time we, in the sitcom episode. But uh, he he has said like he wants the apocalypse to happen. Like he's he wants it all to be over with. Like just fuck it. Like okay. Like we've been mm-hmm. fighting for so long now. Let's just get this over with and like move on to something new. I don't care. Uh, I, I like this whole thing, especially when he compares Sam and Dean's destiny as being. 
tied to Michael and Lucifer's. Like we have the father figure that has abandoned both of them. We have Dean as Michael as the faithful son. And we have Sam as the rebellious Lucifer who is, you know, trying to go his own way and trying to make his own path and saying, this has always been your destiny. Like you have to say yes to this. Like this is, this whole thing was about you this entire time. Like it's, it couldn't be more fucking obvious. Winchesters do the thing. Yeah. He says it's about two brothers who loved each other and betrayed each other. Um, and, and, no uncertain term says one of you is going to have to kill the other one. That's how this story ends. That's how this apocalypse pops off. That is your destiny. This is, this is what from the beginning, they, they just keep saying this. They started it with Sam in season four. Now it's just to the both of them. Like it had to be you. It's always been you. This is what you have to do. Um, and I think that maybe a couple episodes ago, if they had found this out, things would have been different, but they're finding it out now after realizing that they have to stick together no matter what. Uh, and Dean just says no. He says no to destiny and to any of that stuff. Um, and he calls out the trickster. He says this isn't a prize fight uh, or destiny or any of that crap. It's you being too afraid to stand up to your family. Uh, and in a lot of ways, what they just went through was Sam and Dean standing up to each other, standing up to their issues, standing up to their bullshit. They had to do it with John before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somehow, despite it all, they're still there fighting. You know, they're still standing next to each other, fighting the rest of the world off. Um, and just like the trickster here, or Gabriel now, just the look on his face is, he's just furious, but he, it's like a, it's a, I don't know how to, it, he knows that Dean is right. He knows that Dean is calling him out and he's just standing there in this circle of flame that he can't escape, having to take this medicine, having to hear this, this, that he's something that he's never had to hear before. Nobody's ever, laid anything on him like this he's always the one putting stuff on other people he's the trickster but now dean is just telling it like it is and, and just calling him out uh and it's hard to tell exactly what dean's words did to him or or, or you know they're obviously affecting him but are they making him angry or, or are they getting through to him whatever but it's clear that they hit him some way uh yeah it's good stuff this is good and um they, they go to leave um, oh, we, we forgot to mention that Dean demands uh, that Gabriel bring Castiel back. So Castiel's in the room with him at the start of yeah. time. You have a little, little family bonding moment there. Because um, I guess all angels are related to one another. Um, yeah. Which is a weird thing to think about if Dean thinks that they all have sex up there. But we're going to skip right past that. <laughs> and not really yeah. worry about that until maybe a feedback episode. If anybody wants to write us in and talk about that yeah. some more. Um, <laughs> But they, they brought Castiel back and they go to leave and, and Gabriel says, like, what are you going to do? You're just going to leave me here? Like, I'm just going to leave, leave me here to rot? I can't do anything? And Dean says, no, we're not because we don't screw with people like you do. Uh, and he hits the, he hits the sprinklers and uh, washes out the fire. And that, that's pretty much the end of the episode. There's a, a very brief in the car moment where Sam says, like, what are we going to do now? And Dean says, I don't know. I just wish I was back in TV land. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and at the end of these episodes, I wish this was a TV show. And they're yeah, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the end of the last few episodes, we, we've gotten this kind of emotion from Dean where he just kind of like, he's really feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders. Like he's, 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 he's feeling like he, he can't possibly get out of this. He can't handle it. It's going to yeah. be too much to bear. And it's very sad. Like this, like, this kind of breaks my heart with Dean. Like I, I wish this was this was a TV show. Breaks my heart a little bit for him. Yeah. For every for every stride they've made together as like coming back together as brothers, 
Dean is full on board with like with the actual fresh start now. You know, he he really does want to give it a second chance, but it's not easy for him anymore. It was easy for him when he picked up Sam in season one. Now I know that Dean truly does want it, and he he I think he believes it can happen, mm-hmm. but it's hard, and he it, it's it's almost too hard to just keep acting and keep trying. And I don't think that he has that that same ill will to Sam anymore, but it's like. Like you said, it's just a weight on him mm-hmm. being be, just fighting, you know, before he was drifting from town to town, eating cheeseburgers and, and, and picking up women and just living his life, even with Sam or without him, he was just doing the hunter thing. But now there's just the weight of having, knowing that they are at the center of all this shit and it just, it's not looking good, but they have to just keep fighting. And it's like, it's weighing on them because the alternative is even worse. And the alternative is letting these cosmic beings letting these supernatural beings basically wreck the earth in a in a in a squabble of you know family in a family squabble let's just say that in a in a, in a just a stupid ass mm-hmm. family fight like that's what this is this is you know a father and two brothers not being able to talk their emotions out and have a conversation with each other um ruined earth as we know it like and it's going to be responsible for killing hundreds if not millions of people of, of people on earth it's ridiculous like the and that's what dean is reacting to in a lot of this he's he wants to push that off he's like there's got to be another way to do this without either agreeing or saying no and just letting lucifer win and i think that's the the frustrating thing about all of this is that you were so rooting for dean and he is so incredibly powerless in all of this like the only his only power in this mm-hmm. thing is to let the worst thing happen and even justifying that it's maybe not the worst thing. Like maybe it's like the second worst thing is, is not great either. Like that's not fun. That's not, that's not what Dean wants in in his world. So no, it's the events of this show have taken a serious toll on Dean and it's only in the subtle moments where they're getting back in the Impala and stuff like that, that his demeanor is any different. You know, he's, he's always been affected by stuff. Um, the hunt for yellow eyes, the death of his father, going to hell, they've all affected Dean in different ways, and now it's just too... It's not its not too much, because he's still swinging, but, like, he's just tired. You know, he's, he's still in the ring, but he's exhausted, and he's taking hits, and it's not easy. I love this episode so much. Like, imagine all of the goofiness that we have done since we started talking about this episode, like, all of the fun things, all of the, the weirdness and the greatness, and, like, ending on an extremely serious note where the show takes all of that and they take this character that's caused all of that and then has him point out this extraordinary similarity in the Winchester family and this fucking family from like God and how it's always yeah. destined to be and like how that impacts those two brothers. We're not quite dealing with the fallout of that. I feel like as we get more and deeper into the system, like we're into the se- season, we're going to be dealing with that quite a bit more. Right now, we don't deal with it. Right now, it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Like It, it is a lot like Michael and Lucifer. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's weird. We didn't think about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a huge twist on this episode. And I think that's what Supernatural does the best. And they're going to get better and better at these twists of taking a Monster of the Week episode, twisting it so that it matches up to the, the overall meta plot, and then twisting it again so that it just fucking tears out your heart. They're pretty good at that. Um. While we're while we're kind of summing up our thoughts and feelings, I just want to give a shout out to all of our Dusty L fans in the crowd. Uh, number one, <laughs> after 
during all of this, Dean was extremely worried about Kaz. <laughs> like the first thing that he thinks of when he wakes up into Night Rider Land is where's Kaz? And then just like Castiel, hey, you've been gone for a couple of days. I need to find Dean immediately. Where have you gone? Where have you gone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just shout outs and and, and just again, a mea culpa, culpa for me watching this season, like watching this series four or five times now, and being like, they really don't get this whole shipping thing. I don't understand it. Wow, I don't, I don't really get the. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fucking there, and I'm an idiot. So yeah, just want to give a quick shout out to all of you in the crowd. You know who you are. Shout out. Do you have any final thoughts, Chris? My man, that's one of my favorite episodes of Supernatural. I think it always will be. It's one of my favorite episodes of TV. Uh, even now, watching it for the umpteenth time, I, I was laughing my ass off. And I'm glad we finally got to cover it. I, uh, I keep meaning to hit you with some trivia at the end of these episodes. Because if there's one thing that I love about the Supernatural Wikipedia, it's that, that every single possible bit of trivia is noted down to its nth degree. Can I, can I read you a bit of trivia that I was actually not aware of until just now? For sure, my dude. The ghost character uh, Dean was referring to in Dr. Sex and MD was, was a parody of the ghost character Denny Duquette in Grey's Anatomy, who was portrayed by none other than, can you guess? You ready? Is it, is it Jeffrey Dean Morgan? It's fucking Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the actor who plays the boy's father, John Winchester. <laughs> Maybe I, I weirdly do that in the back of my head. Somewhere. I kind of like, I wonder if there's a super cut on YouTube that I could go find and <laughs> talk about it, which just explain to me <laughs> this character from Grey's Anatomy. That is like the hunk father of all. <laughs> I'm into that. Yes. <laughs> um, is that the episode? Do you have any last thoughts? We're good. I think, I think that's it. Uh, so yeah, to everybody for listening, thank you. Thank um, you for listening. We appreciate that. Thank you to, uh, I forgot to mention this in the last couple of episodes, but thank you to our buddy Richard from the We're Not Wizards podcast. You can find links to that in the show notes for his dulcet tones at the beginning of the episode. He, he sings those intros for us and, mm-hmm. we, and we love him for it. Uh, thank you very much to our patrons at Monster of the Week. Nope, excuse me, at patreon.com slash Monster of the Week. Uh, if you go over there, you can get access to our extremely cool Discord server where uh, people are, are calling out Chris for anime opinions all the time, which I find hilarious. You also get access to the episodes early. Yeah. You get cool art in the mail. You get all kinds of cool stuff over there. Go check that out. Thank you for leaving iTunes reviews. Thank you for talking to us on Twitter. We love you. We love all of our listeners. Uh, we, we have lots of stuff planned for the season. We can't wait. Uh, Chris, where are you at on Twitter? I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. It's, it's been a minute. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and plug your, your other work on the internet? Yeah, my other work is uh, the Chomp Chain podcast. It's a, it's a video game podcast. And we have something new coming up that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, we've, we've teased it a little bit at, at Podcast Chomp on Twitter. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a ways off, but I, I'm excited. We have a new project, and I'm excited. So. There. Why don't you plug all of your 900 other projects, Jeremy? Where can you find Where can you find the Chomp Chain podcast? Yeah, that's uh, that's at Podcast Chomp on iTunes or at, uh, on on Twitter, and on it's Twitter. just Chomp Chain on on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter words at JG. Stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of words. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. I do a lot of other podcasts, as Chris mentioned. If you like this show, you might like my X Men show called Days of Future Cast over on the DuckFeed.tv network, where me and my buddy Gary Butterfield. Uh, I'm not going to say take down, but we 
we make a lot of sexual jokes about the X-Men animated series that uh, I think you might enjoy. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's daysoffuturecast.com. Also, retweet all of my other podcasts at JT Greer. If you just want to talk to us on the internet, you can hit us up at those Twitter handles or hit us up at MOTWcast. In the meantime, we will see you next week with two more episodes. Uh, nope. We'll see you next week with one more episode of the podcast while we continue our coverage of season five. Thank you, everybody, again for listening. And we are going to stop this podcast because for some reason we started drinking two hours ago. Good night. Bye, guys. Do it, my dude. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week. <laughs> uh, pardon? Um, <clears throat> what happened, my dude? I'm not sure. You, you keep calling me my dude, and I keep getting confused. Is it? Did you get confused because you felt that I, when I said I'm Chris Mosier, I, I threw my hands into the air like I was like landing like a like a flip, <laughs> like I was a cheerleader. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 could, a, I could hear your audible real. cartwheel over I the mic, it. and I was extremely it, confused why you were why you were being so physically active during the intro. You heard you heard my silent huh, as I stuck the landing. Well, well, well. Oh, well, well, maybe you would have heard what I just said if I turned my mic on. <laughs> I'm fucking trying to call me out in the DMs. I see how you be. I see how you be. Man, has he been drinking? I know it's pretty late over there it's, in London, England. He is. He been drinking. <laughs> That's exactly right. He been drinking. <laughs> I know when I when I get myself into trouble, it's because he be drinking. Yeah, he be drinking. <laughs> You hear that? I do. What what is that? You got some you got some that's ice cold tea? That's a little bit of whiskey for you, boy. Whoa! Going for the hard stuff. I, I just had like two shots of caffeine, by the way, so I'm a little hype. Oh. I'm see I'm actually the opposite. But I'm got this whiskey, so I might be silly, but I'm a little tired. That's why I want to like <laughs> barrel into it, get my energy up, do the thing. Oh, okay. So you were actually serious about that. You didn't. You weren't just saying that like we usually say. Hey, do you want to do a podcast and then not actually do the podcast? Jeremy, I'm always serious when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, Chris. I have, you just never I listen. Have, I have minutes of audio. I have probably hours of audio proving that that's not a true statement at all. Whoa! Was I gone a long time? What is this? You wrote a fucking novel. That's that whiskey coming out, boy. I can tell. I've already taken way too many sips for us not to have started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> docked. Dreamboats found themselves docked. Wow. Yeah, because they're, they're dreamboats. They're boats. Yeah, I get it. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. I just... I just Jeremy, yeah, I just they, they're boats. <laughs> All right, you ready to do the thing? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. Hey, Jeremy, did you prepare the Patreon names you have to read? <laughs> this is Monster of the Week. The extremely well prepared. Nope, I'm not going to be able to do that. It was uh, one of my, my professor's wife. Um, they used to hang out with my professors because that was cool. 
Uh, her name was. <laughs> Did your professors tell you that? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. I didn't mean to Jeremy, interrupt this, this great story. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember where it was going. Shall we get oh into? Oh, do I hear? Uh, do I hear some hounds? <laughs> it's like yeah, the end of season please, three all over again. <laughs> well, well, well. Please remind me not to just drink straight fucking whiskey next time I do a podcast. Get uh, get a little bit of water, bud. Yeah, have some water. <laughs> Let's but get a little sipping. Get a little sipping water. I had like a little bit of chicken <laughs> like, salad, and that was it. And then I had some straight whiskey to my to my face. And it affected me because I, 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 you might be surprised to know that I don't drink hard liquor on a daily basis. <laughs> I am extremely surprised to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I'm going to drink, it's usually just beer. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, so I'm a little saucy and I, you know, I think it shows, but yep, mm-hmm, you put mm-hmm, this at the mm-hmm. end and people will be like, mm, mm-hmm, now I can see it. Now I now I get it I get it I totally understand what Chris was talking about. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still in my first glass of wine, my friend. I'm taking it I'm taking it easy. Yeah, I mean I pounded that thing because it was cold and I'm very hot in this room, so you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel I feel like we got this. I don't know why I'm so nervous about it. I feel like yeah. this is like more of more thought than we've ever put into this podcast before. Mm-hmm. So. No. <laughs> Hey, we had a business. Call I don't know why yesterday. I'm overthinking it. We had a business phone call yesterday. We can handle. We this. had a business call, and I confessed murder, Chris. You <laughs> said it right away. <laughs> In the first three minutes of the you phone call, I confessed about murdering a guy. <laughs> you said it so quick, and she didn't ask. <laughs> She didn't care either. She was like, I'm still in business with these guys. I don't care. Yeah. I got to make my marketing dollars work. She's me. just I like, gotta, oh, okay. These guys are weird. I got to, <laughs> I got to move units. That's all I'm concerned about. I don't care about if I'm working with a bunch of murdering podcasters. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Sorry about that. That probably sounded disgusting. On That's the cool. Were you just like doing a line? What happened there? I don't know, man. I got a little congestion going. Oh, honestly, real talk, my friend. Same. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go get an allergy pill. I'll be right back. Sure. Down to town, two lane roads, family beers, two hunting bros, living the life just to get nailed. It. All right. <clears throat> Hold on, let me get that bathroom break, my boy. <laughs> got to get that got to get that bathroom break. <laughs> Yo, let me get that B room break. Let me get that hall pass, miss. I need to use the restroom. <laughs> what is this accent that you're doing? It's like, I don't <laughs> what know. <is> this? <laughs> it's like it's cr- <laughs> is it Juggalo Chris? No, it's it's Broadway teen because I'm projecting my voice and pretending to be a teenager. <laughs> <clears throat> I think uh, I think I'm just gonna go with Juggalo Chris. Okay, <laughs> fine with me. All right, I'll be right back.
Welcome back to ASMRJ. I'm Jay. Today I'm talking about Chris's use of the word beamer. I find it extremely objectionable, everybody. Listeners, in my day, you either refer to it as the bathroom, the toilet, or the water closet. B-room seems to disrespect everything that the water closet stands for. Listeners, I'm going to have to have a conversation with Chris. I just don't know what I'm going to do with him at this point. I can't take it anymore. If he says the word B-room one more time, I might have to explode. Listeners, I know that you come to this channel on youtube.com slash ASMRJ for my calm, soothing voice to help you go to sleep or relax or orgasm. But I just want to let you know, if Chris uses the word B-room one more time, I'm going to flip the fuck out in a way that you can't even imagine. I don't want to say I'm going to go postal on him because I feel like postal is a very dated 90s reference to some severe working conditions that our U.S. mail system put some very nice people into. But I'm going to go a little crazy. ASMRJ, like, subscribe. All right. Well, well, well.